following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, the titillating, Tyler Dean. Tyler, we're back here after a, a, a long absence. We had a holiday weekend. We've had baby stuff going on. It's been a hell of a rocky road this offseason, but we're still getting it in. Um, I'm happy that we're back here. It took us a little longer to get back on the air, right? Yeah, it's been it's been a wild last month or so, a couple months yeah, things have gotten a little out of control, but that's okay. We're still uh, we're still jumping in. I've got you know the the brand new twins. We did get the twins home for all of you wondering out there, and uh, you know so we we've got our babies at home. And and Tyler, man, you're you're right on the the precipice here of having yourself uh, another one uh, coming out here in the next 24 hours. Am I right? Yes, yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah, buddy, I know you've been fired up for it, and. Uh, I think you and I are both in the 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 same boat here, where where we're done after this, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, I just uh, it's been a wild ride. We 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 just got through the holiday weekend. It's uh, as it stands right now, it's July seventh, and and uh, man, what a what a wild ride as far as you know the home life and the babies and the feedings and the diapers and the non sleep and and everything else under the sun, but. We're back on board here. Uh, we do have a lot of stuff going around on the NFL here, and, and it's going to be a, a good show. We're going to have a couple of things for you. We're going to have some trivia going on. We're going to have our bold predictions for the 2022-23 NFL season, and we're going to have ourselves uh, some news around the league. And And Tyler, we got news here, buddy. And the big news within the last 24 hours, the Browns, the Browns, Finally make the move. I don't know why they held on to him too long. They trade quarterback Baker Mayfield to the Panthers for a 2024 fifth round pick. Uh, and it's a conditional pick, so it can be adjusted uh, depending on the success of Baker Mayfield here. Tyler. Yeah, it can move up to a fourth, but um, fifth or fourth, no matter how you feel on Baker Mayfield, for for the, it, it is a good price to pay for him, in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Panthers got away. They're not with sacrificing much. No, absolutely not. I think the Panthers got away with one. They they go out and they get the the guy that I think is going to improve their offense. Um, I, I think they understand that Sam Darnold is not the guy, and and we all we all got excited early on in the season. You in particular, we got excited at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season, going, "Hey, Sam Darnold! Oh my God, it could be the career resurgence." I think Carolina kind of took a step back and said, "This is not our guy." Baker Mayfield could be our guy, and I think Baker's going to be a lot more happy in Carolina, and I think this helps Carolina. I don't think Baker Mayfield is anything incredible, but you know what? He, I, I would probably put him on the same plateau as a guy like a Jimmy G, um, and, and really I, I think that's what the Panthers could use in this situation, don't you? Yeah, but unfortunately, I think that there's still a ticking time bomb of the fact that the Panthers has drafted Matt Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Carroll is going to be going to be uh, um, a huge deal. So you think Baker Mayfield's going to wind up being a bridge quarterback in this situation? 
for sure. And and if things get a little get a little wonky, I don't think they're going to hesitate to 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 pull him. Yeah, I I don't think so either. It's it's going to be I mean, little- now. And and you know me, I'm big on the quarterback sitting, but teams are too anxious nowadays. Right. We've seen a lot of situations. I mean, hell, Baker Mayfield himself. We saw where where they had a veteran guy in there. The guy that was the veteran wasn't doing well. And they wound up taking that rookie and throwing him in there, throwing him to the wolves. And the rookie wound up being successful. And let's face the fact, Baker Mayfield was successful when he was put in the place of uh, Tyrod Taylor and and his job very well, um, given the circumstances. So, I mean, it, it, you know, he over... He he can overtake a guy. <clears throat> he overtook a guy, and I think Matt Corral can overtake any of those guys as well. It's going to be one of those times when um, fans are calling for Matt Corral. We we all know. Yes, that. fans will be calling for Matt Corral uh, the moment that that you hit some choppy waters there uh, down in in Carolina. Uh, what does this spell for the Browns though? We got the Browns over here. Does this tell you? that the Browns have some inside scoop on this Deshaun Watson situation. Does it look, I mean, to me, it's starting to look like the Browns are confident that Deshaun Watson's only going to get, you know, six games here. I mean, I, I don't think you're I don't see, I don't, I don't think that it says that because I think we're at a point to where no matter what happens with Watson, they've already made Baker may feel unhappy. He wasn't planning on playing for him anyway. So from that perspective, Watson, the Watson issue is completely irrelevant from this. I don't think so. And and here's why. I, I think Baker would have still played. But my thing is, is as far as, as the Watson situation goes, there's a lot of inside talk about how there's not going to be a full season suspension for Deshaun Watson in spite of what's going on. Um, and and to, uh, to that, they have uh, uh, ended the disciplinary hearings um, as far as uh, Watson and they're current, currently deliberating on, on how far this is going to go. I mean, Watson has settled out. 20 out of his 24 lawsuits a few more civil suits have appeared but we'll see if they hold any water you know this this always happens when we're talking about um you know civil suits and whatnot you know a a major amount of civil suits come out you get some some wackos that jump out and say hey i was there too i was dealing with this too some might be real some might not be we don't know but some people might be wanting to jump on that money gravy train seeing that the payouts are going out but you still have uh, uh, four, uh, four to six. I mean, depending on how many more uh, uh, jump on board or how many are getting dismissed or paid off or whatever else, you probably have about six more civil suits that that uh, he's looking at that could get settled out. They could go to court. We don't know. But ultimately, uh, the Deshaun Watson situation. I don't think he sees more than eight games. I don't. I don't. I think eight games will be the maximum for him. Eight games sounds like that'll be about right. Yeah, I, I don't see a, a full year suspension here. A lot of people have been screaming, oh, he's going to get suspended for the full year. He'll never play football again. I don't think that's the case. The Browns aren't going to pay him that kind of money if he's not going to play. And and frankly, I think the Browns know that these civil suits are getting uh, these civil suits are getting settled. The tone this guy, Tony Busby, he he's tried so hard to uh, make criminal charges happen and, and brought it to several Supreme Courts. Every single one of the Supreme Court said, nah, we're not pressing criminal charges. This sounds pretty bogus. Um, and, and Watson, you know, a lot of times when it comes to these civil suits, all it is is the wealthy guy that's getting sued, paying the the, the person suing him so that at the end of the day, 
they don't have to really pay the legal fees. Sometimes it's just more costly to go through the legal process than it is to just pay out the person. So, I mean, a lot that could very well be the case here as well. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. But like you said, I don't think it's more than eight games. I think eight games is about the maximum. And I think the Browns realize, you know what? We could go win four games. You know, we, we could win four games in this situation. If we, we walk out with four wins and then Deshaun comes back, we got a shot at making the playoffs, right? But, you know, you're forgetting one key point, one incredibly important point. And that is? It's the Browns. Maybe they don't know the inside scoop like, 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 like you're giving them credit for. Maybe they're just really just hoping that it's going to go away and that their big, expensive quarterback's going to be there for them. And <laughs> because it'd be the most Browns thing ever if, like, tomorrow the NFL goes, yeah, Watson's done, done. Yeah, and I don't, but I don't think they're going to do that, to be honest with you. I don't either, but it would be the most Browns thing of all time. Yeah. If, now, if there was criminal charges that were brought on, if he was indicted, we'd be having a different discussion. You know, I, I think if he got indicted, we would really be talking about him being gone, gone, gone. But I don't think that's the case. I really believe that, that you know, it, it, he's, he's going to be sticking around. And, and uh, the, this is a civil situation at this point. This is not a criminal situation at this point. So, you know, the, it, it really brings it to a different level. And I think, like I said, he, he's going to pay off his, his civil suits. And he's going to move on from this. And, and you know, years down the line, the unfortunate thing is that we're going to be talking about his career in the same light that we talked about Big Ben's career for a long time. You know, everybody, all, all the joking about about Ben being Ben Raplessberger and all this other nonsense. You're going to hear that type of stuff about Deshaun Watson for the rest of his career. And, and that's just how it's going to go. Uh, people, uh, you know, have chosen sides on the situation, whether you believe him, whether you don't believe him, whether you believe the victims, whether you don't believe the victims, this thing will follow him for the entirety of his career. But, you know, I mean, if you were making $230 million, would you really give a shit? Oh, I'm sure he doesn't. Probably not. So, I mean, that's kind of where we are there. Uh, speaking of lawsuits, we, we got to talk about this. The NFL is seeking arbitration over the Brian Flores lawsuit. Um, we, we talked about this stuff in the offseason last year. It was a, a big deal that this stuff was coming to light. And uh, we, we talked about it, you know, as it was coming at the end of this season. And, and he, he Brian Flores, you know, he, he believes that there is a, a, a um, racial issue as far as hiring goes within the NFL still, and that people are, are still not following the Rooney rule as they should be. And, and whatever the case, and people are not, you know, these owners are not giving special consideration um, to uh, black GMs and, and people of color. He, he really feels as though, um, you know, the NFL is not doing their due diligence in this situation. The NFL is looking to, to seek arbitration, which means they're looking to just, uh, you know, settle out. Do you think the NFL realizes that they're going to lose this thing? I mean, I, that's what I think is going on. They're going to lose. Yeah, that's what's going to happen because it's it's not even just that they're not doing the special accommodations. I, I think the issue is, is Flores has a couple of examples of they're not even just being like standard interview protocol. Like he, um, you had the, the instance with uh, Elway showing up drunk, allegedly, right. um, or the Giants um, only did a, a Skype interview with him and did an in-person with everybody else type of, type of stuff. 
Yeah, things like so that. I think I think things like that are the reason why this this is going going to uh, get settled pretty quickly. I, th- I think the NFL knows that that we have a couple instances that makes this whole thing look really bad. Right, especially the thing with the Dolphins too, basically telling them you need to lose. You know, I I mean things like that just it, it's a mess. Those type of things shouldn't be happening. And then you know you can see other examples around the league, um, particularly with the the Houston Texans. Um, and, and the Texans have tried to kind of cover, uh, in my opinion, try to cover their tracks, um, and actually give a coach a chance. Now, I, I think that the, the last guy, um, they, they hired and his name escapes me. I think they, they put him in a situation. Cully. Cully, Dave Cully. Yep. Uh, they, they wanted him to fail. And, and I, I think that that's kind of ridiculous. Well, they never Cully's really- an interesting example, just because we had a field day laughing at Cully because they, because. Cully was a receivers coach for Baltimore, and they bring him as a head coach. I mean, right. So I, I mean, I could fall under the um, wanting do, doing do um, doing a Rooney Rule hire with the with the with the expectation they're going to fail because they hired someone who's underqualified. Right. Right. So, that, so I, I can see the point there for sure. But Cully was going to fail no matter what job he got into if he was a head coach. But did they give him the proper personnel on top of it? And I don't think they did that over in Houston. I, I mean, they were they were selling off parts like crazy. It, they essentially had a fire sale on their team after yeah. hiring. Did, didn't help that their star quarterback chose to sit out either. But right, so, I mean there were there were a lot of a lot of problems there, and and the fact that Dave Culley didn't get a, a fair shake over there with the Texans, I think, is kind of ridiculous as well. Um, there there are examples around the league, and and the the NFL has to do a better job of trying to to zone in on on, I mean, what has essentially been racial profiling and, and eliminate it from the league. I mean, that's that's what they need to do. So, I mean, the the NFL uh, right now uh, trying to figure that out. But uh, ultimately, I think what they're going to do is they're going to settle out with Brian Flores in this situation. I, I think that's where we're headed. And, you know, it, it I mean, I, th- I think ultimately they, they know they're going to lose. They're going to lose this lawsuit. And and Brian Flores will probably be paid very handsomely in this situation as well. And rightfully so. Um, next up, Daniel Snyder. Uh, you know, I feel like this guy has been on our show every goddamn week. I, I mean, it's just, it's nonstop. Dan Snyder, he refuses to appear in front of the U.S. House Committee Oversight Board to discuss the hostile and toxic work environment with the Washington Commanders. The committee is planning to subpoena him to have him come in. Um, they're also going to be talking about the the financial situation with the uh, Commanders' um as far as him not paying the other teams their their fair share and withholding those funds um, and and his uh, phony books, I mean, there's there's a lot of problems with Dan Snyder. Tyler, how is this guy still an owner? How is he? I, still I don't owner? know why they have, they all haven't met yet and, and made this decision. It seems like they they keep saying they're going to do it and just never call it to vote. Right. I, I feel like it's the the league owners right now are giving us lip service. Um, and, and just telling us, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to go and vote this guy out. We're going to vote this guy out. We're going to take a vote on it. And then they're not doing shit about it. It's, it's crazy to me. I just, I don't understand what is taking so long. I would have had this vote done yesterday. I mean, this guy, Dan Snyder has caused more problems for a, a franchise and for the owners and for this league than any owner in recent memory. I, I just, it's crazy to me. This guy is he, he's trying to get out of his stadium lease, goes and buys a plot of land so he can build a new stadium on it that's smaller than the one that he's currently in. He 
goes out and has a, and that's the least of the problems. He goes out and has a workplace uh, uh, sexual harassment and racism and and sexual assault and violence and and uh, uh, harassment all going on, general harassment going on around the office. I mean, it, he's created this toxic work environment over there, and and he's right at the center of all of it. Like, like it's not just, oh, hey, so a couple employees, a couple of managers, a couple of this, a couple of that. No, no, this is a guy that was right in the center of all of it as an owner, causing all that ruckus, giving the NFL, making the NFL look bad. And then at the end of the day, when these games are being played at his stadiums, he's withholding the funds and not paying the other owners that he's currently involved in business with. What is this? How is this guy still an NFL owner? He should be ousted. He should have been ousted a year ago. Like, am I crazy here for thinking that? No, I think the whole world on the same page in this one. Yeah, I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. I, I just, this guy is is something else, and I'm waiting for that moment. You, like, like you you hear about, you know, we, we've all, always had jokes about, about you know, like Robert Kraft, we, we, we made all kinds of jokes about him on the air and about him getting, you know, handy J's from, from, from masseuses and whatever else. But to me, I'm just like, what in the hell? Like we never talked about Robert Kraft getting ousted as an owner because at the end of the day, in spite of Robert Kraft's, uh, promiscuity, I guess, alleged promiscuity, we, uh, He's never been like this awful of a human being. <laughs> I think outside of that, I mean, Robert Kraft's a pretty stand-up guy. We look at Dan Snyder and we immediately think this guy needs to go. Same with the Houston Texans owners. We've, we've said on multiple times on this show, those guys should not own professional sports franchises. I, I, I just, it blows my mind that, that those owners are still there at this point in time. I just don't understand how they're involved uh, with these professional football teams. Do you? I, no, it, it always amazes me how some of this stuff seems to just last forever and no one does anything about it. Right. It's crazy. It's just insanity to me. Um, another uh, front office hire that we're going to talk about real quick, uh, the Browns, they went and hired former Eagles director of player personnel, Catherine Rach, as their new assistant GM and VP of football operations. Uh, she was in consideration across the board for a lot of GM jobs, including the Minnesota Vikings job um, that all ultimately went to Kwesi Adafo Mensa. Uh, you know, Catherine Rach has been getting a lot of talk uh, around the league. I think she's well on her way to becoming the first female general manager in NFL history, don't you? I do. I do. I, she, she's done a, a very, very great job thus far, and I think it's only getting better. Yeah. Um, and, and I think she's she's actually, you know, I, if I'm not mistaken, she started as a scout for them, too. I mean, she's just climbed that executive ladder. Um, I, I think she's a good addition for the Browns, and she knows the game. That's one thing nobody can can dispute. You know, everybody always uh, uh, says, oh, this woman. No, no, no. She knows the game better than most men out there. She's tremendous, um, and I think she's going to be, at the end of the day, she's going to be a trend center uh, for a lot of women out there that want to be involved in, in NFL front offices. Uh, I think she's just going to be uh, uh, groundbreaking to be honest, for this league, and it's going to be a really great thing. So I'm, I'm fired up for that. 
Uh, also, we've got some some uh, signings, Tyler, going on here. Some interesting ones. First of all, let's yeah, talk. And, and I'm going to start it off with a breaking news sign that's definitely not on your on your news on your news list. We have breaking news already. We have breaking news already. God damn. Okay, hit me. And that breaking news is the Ravens have officially signed after putting a tender on. Justin Houston. Justin Houston will be returning to the Ravens for the 2022 season on just 2.1 million. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's that's nothing. That's nothing. That's that's a great signing for cheap. Uh, I mean, so technically I guess that's an extension, right? Uh I mean, it's technically a a, a re-signing cuz he was a free agent. He he had the opportunity to sign whatever he wanted, really. Was he unrestricted or was he restricted? He was restricted. Okay. So he's a restricted free agent. Um, okay, and then nobody met the tender, which I'm kind of surprised by. I mean, I don't think Justin— Because he kind of had a career resurgence year last year. Yeah. I'm, he I'm played. Um, he kind of played phenomenal compared to how he was in the last couple of years at Chiefs or where he was with Colts. Those are, those are a couple of really bad years for him. Yeah, I, I mean, last year, I mean, just overall, from, from a pro football focus standpoint, had a 77.8 PFF grade, I mean, in 2021. So that's a, a good year. I know he didn't uh, um, play as many snaps as teams probably would have liked, but and he only had 23 solo tackles. I mean, it was an up year for him. Uh, I want to see if the Ravens are going to have him take on a full workload as an edge rusher this upcoming year. I think uh, they will because I, I I think the draft went a different way than Ravens were anticipating. Sure. Um, because I because nobody in their mama predicted that Ravens were going to end up taking Kyle Hamilton. No, no one thought he was going to be there. Right. I think that. I don't, I don't want to use the word derail because you, you can't call dra- taking Hamilton as a derailment, but I think it changed the, the route they were going. So bringing back Justin Houston became more of a priority for full time because I think they were planning on having a young, new new one. Right, right, absolutely. Plus, uh, which they, and they kind of do in a way because I'm, so you still have, you have always going to be on the opposite. And realistically, you just need Justin Houston probably probably hang on to a full-time workload until, until what, um, uh, shoot, I can't think of, his name's escaped me. The Michigan guy. David Ajabo. Ajabo, really, you need Justin Houston to maintain a full workload just until Ajabo is back healthy enough. But with Houston, to me, that allows you to not feel like you have to rush Ajabo back. Which is smart. I, I think David Ajabo, uh, I mean, I don't think it's smart to rush him back. He's over here saying he's going to be ready for the start of the season. I think that's crazy talk. I think you're talking October. Let, the Ravens, let, let Justin Houston work. Yeah, I, I think I think the Ravens would be smart to, to Come, let David get, a job. Get yourself ready. Take another month. Be ready for like the back half of the season and be ready right. to ball. That's exactly how it needs to go. So, uh, yeah, they, they get Justin Houston back. The other signings I was going to talk about, first and foremost, let's talk about this signing, and I like it a lot. The Falcons get the former Bears defensive lineman, Eddie Goldman, on a one-year deal. Man, I like this signing a lot. This is a guy that that I don't think enough people were, were looking at, were talking about. Goldman has been pretty good for the, the Bears for quite some time. He had a rough go starting out in his career, but, you know, in the in the last few years, Eddie Goldman has been a really strong defensive lineman, hasn't he? He has. I don't know why no one's been talking about him recently. It's like they've, they've taken some of his early stuff and just kind of just wrote him off. And but he's been he's been good. Yeah, he had a he had a bad year in 2021. Let's face that fact. But I mean, 2019, and he's coming off an injury too. Uh, 2020, he he barely played because of an injury. 21, 21, he had a down year. 
I mean, the Bears in general had a down year that year. But in 2019, you know, I mean, he put up a 70.7 PFF grade. 2018, I mean, you're, we're talking 70 PFF grades here. I mean, he's he's had himself, I, I mean, really is his 2018 grade was so now 87.3. I mean, he's coming off some, some good years. I think if he's healthy and, and I think he'll see a, a career resurgence, Chicago really wasn't very good um, for the last two seasons. Goldman was hurt in, in 20 coming off the injury in 21 and the bears had no support for him on, in 21. Uh, I just, I think this is a good signing. The Falcons get a good defensive lineman, a really big bodied guy. This is a smart play. I, I like the signing, and especially on a one-year prove-it deal. You know, they they didn't they didn't go out and sign him for a million dollar for for five million dollars here. I mean, it's a one-year deal. He's probably going to get around league minimum. So, smart move by by the Falcons. They also made another move. This is the one I really like, and it's a strange one that I like. Uh, Bradley Pinion, the punter from the from the Buccaneers, gets released, and just. Uh, about a week later, he signs a one-year deal with the Falcons. Um, I like this move, too. I think this was a smart move. Bradley Pinion is a really good punter. I'm surprised to see that the Bucks let him walk. What say you? Yeah, he he had himself a good good year last year, and, and he's been a good punter. So I'm, I'm a little surprised by it, too. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a bad punter at all. I don't know if it was just a money thing where he was asking you know too much. Um, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Buccaneers did get a punter in the draft or maybe. And that, and that could be it. Yep. But I mean, he had himself a, a pretty decent year. I, I like Bradley Pinion a lot. I mean, his average was a 42 average. He had a 65 yard, uh, long punt. I mean, he had 24 where he pinned a guy inside the 20. It was very, it was the middle of the league. I mean, as far as his averages go, I, I like Pinion a lot. I, I feel like they're kind of losing a good punter here, um, with him. Uh, also an, a re-signing here. The commanders go ahead and re-sign wide receiver Terry McLaurin to a three-year extension, $70 million. What do you make of this? I like Terry McLaurin a lot. I think he can be a special player. I think he's kind of been a benefactor of them not really having much of anything else over there, though. What do you make of this? Is he worth the money? I think it's a bit of an overpayment, in my opinion. It's, you know, it's tough because they really haven't had a quarterback over there, so I'm almost going to give him credit. Right. And he's, his rookie year, he barely missed a thousand, you know, and as a rookie, that's fine. He was, he wasn't a high, high, highly look, looked at. Right. Um, he's a third rounder, so I'm, I'm okay with, 900 is a third rounder, I think, it's, I think it's fabulous. Right. Um, he broke a thousand last, last two years. Um, I like him. I, I think he, he's going to trend that direction, but right now it feels like a slight overpayment, but. But then again, I'm also I'm okay with paying certain players for what you expect them to do and not what they've done. Right. I, if, I think, if they've got the, the right trend. I think my thing in and this is the he did break a thousand with both for the last two years, which is good. I, I'm I'm happy about that for him. But those touchdown numbers got to come up. I mean, you 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 talk. I mean, seventy million dollars over three years. That's kind of in that that realm of elite money as far as the receivers go. And 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 it should this year because they they have a quarterback who's capable of getting to the end zone now in Carson Wentz. Right. I, um, I yeah. the the first few years that you could there was the argument to be made that the offense just was not good enough to even get close enough to have touchdown numbers. Right. Yep. I I can agree with that. But Carson and and you know and I know we're a little indifferent on this, but um I 
am a fan of Carson Wentz. And to me, I um, this year there is no excuse for him not to have like 10 plus touchdowns. Yeah, no, there is no excuse. I, I agree with that. I think Car- and I don't think Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback. He just really wasn't good, you know, last year. He was kind of iffy. He was very hit or miss. It was it was very boom or bust. There were games where Carson Wentz come, came out and <clears throat> looked like the guy that, that we saw, you know, win 13 games with the Eagles. But and then, they should have made the playoffs, but their coach fucked up. Yep, he and did. Carson Wentz should have been a should have been another playoff quarterback this season. This yep, and I'm season. gonna I'm gonna have an opinion on on that coach uh, pretty shortly here. You're gonna be uh, we're gonna be fired up about that. Um, another signing: the Steelers go ahead and sign the ex-Bengals defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi to a one-year deal. Uh, you know, I like this signing. I like Larry Ogunjobi. I don't know if he's um, you know he's not incredible, but he's a very good interior offensive lineman. I like this signing. What about you? Yeah, I do too. It, it's just wild to me. I, I, I like him, but I think there's other old linemen that I'm still kind of questioning why are they still available. You mean defensive linemen? Yep. You know, yeah. That, well, even that too. Um, but uh, but this is a, this is a good signing. I, I, I think it's should have happened sooner, but um, it's, it's the right move. Yeah, I'm, I'm co- kind of confused. Uh, you know, every year we always get a couple of guys that that are are kind of bigger name guys that should be signed to longer term deals. Um, and, and I see a guy like, like, for example, Eddie Goldman or Larry Ogunjobi or the next guy we're going to talk about when in, in Jaquiski or Jaquaski Tart, you know, I see guys like that, that still remain like out on the waiver wire or out on, uh, uh you know, uh, uh, free agency. And I'm, I'm going, why are these guys not getting signed? And, and these are very, very good players that have played at a high level for a while. You know, and it, it kind of confuses me as to why a guy like Larry Ogunjobi or why why Eddie Goldman would still be sitting out there at this point in time. Another guy, just like I just mentioned his name, Jaquaski Tart. He signed a one-year deal with the Eagles. Uh, and I like this signing a lot. I think that's a really good safety on a one-year deal for relatively cheap. I know he's had a couple of durability issues in, in recent memory, but, I mean, this is a good signing, Jaquaski Tart, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a really solid signing for the Eagles, and they needed a safety. They get a veteran presence there. I like that move. I, I just think that's really smart. He comes from a really strong 49ers secondary that, that he was a huge part of anchoring down. Uh, if he catches the interception last year, I mean, we could have been talking about 49ers in the Super Bowl. I mean, it, that's kind of where we're at here. So, I mean, the, uh, the, the Eagles wind up getting a good one here on the cheap. One guy that wasn't cheap, however, the Steelers went and signed safety Minka Fitzpatrick to a four-year, $73.6 million extension. Uh, they get their guy back. I think he's one of the best safeties in the league. You were going to have to pay him. This is a pretty good deal for him, and and uh, it's basically what he's worth. Am I right? 100%. He's one of the best safeties out there. He's, he's been good. They, they got a steal from him, with him to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was a, a huge steal. Um, they wind up getting, I mean, it, it was pricey, but at the same time, he's going to anchor down that defense. We know Steelers are basically in kind of a sort of a rebuild. They're, they're trying to have that fast track rebuild. Um, and, and we're going to, we're going to see how quickly they can do it. We're going to see if, if, you know, they've got their quarterback over there. We're going to find out a lot about the old Steelers here. So that's going to be exciting. 
Uh, I like this signing a lot, though. I think he's he's going to be a veteran presence for them for a long time. He's easily one of the best in the league, easily one of the best ball hawks in the league. So really good signing. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of guys here. Uh, you had some some bad times over there in Ravenland here. Uh, we'll start with Baltimore Ravens linebacker Jalen Ferguson. He dies from a drug-related overdose at age 26. Um Drugs and alcohol were, were, you know, the the name of the game here as far as uh, uh, his passing goes. I mean, he's a good player, or he was a good player. I, I this is kind of sad. I mean, he he was going to be a huge part of that team, I think, for the future. Don't you? Yeah, they they were they were he he, he was kind of he's been kind of fighting with trying to stay on the team. He's I mean, he's every year he's he's one of the guys that that could make it, could not. He always seems to show up when he needs to, but. I mean, right now it's not really about football. It's it's incredibly sad. It's I'm sure it's a tough time for his family, tough time for anybody around it. I don't yeah. know. It's, well, was, it's a tough one. Well liked among his teammates. A lot of guys came out on, on both Twitter and interviews and just said how great of a guy he was. Um and and you know, that seems to be the, the common theme. Everybody says how great of a guy he was, how nice of a guy he was. Um so he passes away from a drug overdose, but also the Super Bowl winning nose tackle from your, uh, what was it? I think it was 2002. 2000. 2000. 2000. Um, Tony Siragusa, he dies at age 55. Uh, you know, of a heart issue from what I, my understanding is. You know, he was tremendous. One of the, one of the best uh, nose tackles in the game at that point in time. Uh, just a huge name for, for the Ravens there. Everybody knew who the hell he was. He was a great analyst as well. I mean, that's got to be painful. Um, I, I think that that uh, that's a huge loss for the Ravens community, don't you think? It is. A, he he was a big part of that that powerhouse. Um, everyone because everyone can agree. Um, either either you think the 2000 Ravens defense was the best of all time, or you think it was one of the best of all time. There's no there's nobody thinks they they weren't one of the best of all time. Exactly, and he was a huge and, part of. And he was a huge part. Of, like, like guy, guys like Ray Lewis gets a lot of like the big attention of that Peter Bolaware, but he was a, a very massive part of that front. And I remember going into like the later parts, like the of like the two thousands. Um, people people kept saying like, oh, um, um, it was uh, it was Hodinata. They like Hodinata is, is the first great nose tackle this team's had since him. Right. Like everything kind of always went back to 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 him, and it's 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 a it's a loss. Um. And, it and it's a name I haven't heard in a while. When I when I saw it, it's it, it just kind of take that moment. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, this, this all happened in a couple of weeks. So it was incredibly sad. Yeah. yeah. Just just sucks. I mean, I don't. It, the, the Ravens. Uh, man, you guys came across some some horrendously uh, bad luck there. So I'm hoping that uh, for your guys' sake, hopefully that that changes and turns around. Um, and last but not least, we had a couple of retirements. Um, here in the league, uh, Rob Gronkowski, that's the big one. He retires again. He's finally done. Uh, do you think Gronk winds up, you know, making his way to the wrestling world again? Or do you think he, he, where, where does Gronk go from here? I don't know. Gronk kind of burned a little bit. He signed that contract that gave him the 24 seven title. And then he goes, ah, I'm going back to NFL. Right, right, right. Uh, I don't know. Gronk is, is a, a character, man. I don't know if he'll ever go to the back to wrestling or, if he's going to wind up going to another team or what, but uh, Rob Gronkowski, man, <clears throat> he's a character. He's always been a character in, in the NFL. He's always been a character for uh, 
you know, the, the Patriots and then the Bucks. the guy, he's known for his party animal antics. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I want to see what the next, next thing is for old Gronk there. You never know where he's going to be, going to be headed next. Uh, but well, I, I definitely think that he um, screwed over any chance of him being like an analyst or anything because he made pretty clear that he doesn't understand the game of football except for what Tom Brady tells him to do. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to wind up as an analyst or anything like that. I, I just, Gronk, he, I mean, he could wind up as an analyst just based on pure entertainment, you know, the, the pure entertainment aspect of, of you know, Gronk being Gronk and the, that big massive personality you know well, you, you know you, do you know where he, he could benefit from being an analyst or a commentator what's that so i've been a big fan of like i i don't like i i, I don't hate the, the nickelodeon games the way most people do oh yeah he he could um, mind being great for something like that because i i think that nickelodeon should host one game per week with the way they do it it, it, it really is a way to, to bring in young fans who don't normally care right I and I think I think Gronk. Well, I don't think Gronk has enough knowledge of football. Um, jokes side of of his um, Tom Brady just tells me where to stand stuff. He'd be a, he'd be a, he'd be a good one for for the Nickelodeon game. Oh yeah, because I, I, I feel like they're wasting. I feel like Nick. I think they're wasting Nate Burleson's actual brain of football, where he could be utilized somewhere else as a real analyst. Right, and and Nate Burleson is too damn good to be just you know on the kids show and trying to break it down for kids in a way, whereas Gronk is already kind of a big kid. So I mean, I think his excitement, and, and, and I mean this in a, in a good way. I'm just, Gronk's personality could bring 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 in a, a rejuvenated every week life to the, the Nickelodeon. Right. And he's like a hype guy. He's like a hype man. Yes. That's what he would be good for. And that's what gets the kids excited is, is bringing that hype. And and I think that would be, I, really- I could see him on the field just dancing with, with the CGI SpongeBob and. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and that could be really a solid thing. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if Nickelodeon uh, went out of their way to, to sign him to a contract, you know, for something like that. I think that would be a really smart move on their end. So, I mean, Gronk going in today. I agree with you on that. I think Nickelodeon getting Gronk would be right, right up his alley. And uh, last, you got to start with giving them a game a week. Like, right, give them a get game. over. You're, 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 you you may have one week where your your team's got to be on the Nickelodeon game. It, I, I've I've purposely watched the Nickelodeon version just to check it out. It's it's not that bad. Your 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 different. Right, and and I I think it would be it really it's kind of similar to to watching the Manning cast because you know you. You flip channels and you got the same game and it's just Peyton Manning and Eli calling it. And, and but at least with the Nickelodeon one, it's still like actual commentators and the game is the primary focus. So like the Manning cast, like they they go off on a story for twenty minutes. And trust me, Peyton Manning's my favorite player of all time. But the Manning cast on some weeks was not fun. No, no, some weeks it wasn't fun, but there are weeks where it was fun. So I mean, I I want to see what it what it becomes. But ultimately, I Rob Gronkowski no longer. Uh, an active player and a guy who is actually hung him up as well. Trey Waynes, the corner, the former Minnesota Vikings and, and uh, Cincinnati Bengals corner. He has hung him up too. He's had a litany of injuries over the course of the last couple of years. Um, ever since he left the Vikings, he's been hurt. I mean, he had that last season with the Vikings back in 2019, he had himself actually a pretty good year. And I thought for sure they were going to sign him on. And, uh, yeah, they, the Vikings didn't re-sign him. He winds up going to Cincinnati, taking the money. Cincinnati says, eh, it really wasn't worth it. He gets released. I think the injury's caught up to him. I think Trey Waynes is officially done in the NFL. I don't think there's going to be a team out there that seeks him out, do you? No. Yeah, I think he's done. Uh, 
he was solid for a while. He's a good number two corner for a while. It was starting to look like he could be a number one corner. He got that number one corner money in Cincinnati. He sure did, but he never performed as a number one corner. So there's that. And Tyler, that is our news around the league. Now we've got uh, bold predictions coming up. We're going to take a quick break here. We got bold predictions coming up. And then we're going to be playing uh, a little bit of uh, Tyler's trivia. So uh, we're going to be jumping into that. Uh, so we'll take a quick break. We're going to grab ourselves a quick something to drink. And we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all. Well, I guess it's a hooray today. I mean, we're we're back on the air, right? Hooray! Do you, do you want me to log off? I can do that too. <laughs> we're back on the air, Tyler. Yay! Yeah, so that's that's the lu- that's the luxury of doing this remote thing. Is I can just, this big red button right here. I can just go <laughs> done. Yeah, <clears throat> and and we might. Uh, well, I I don't know. The the remote's nice. I know you're gonna you're gonna have your hands full in the next couple of weeks. We might be be fishing around. Uh, to see if uh, maybe Alex Steele can jump on board with us. We'll have to see, though. Yeah, we, we'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I know I know you're going to be a busy man. I, I know how busy I am right now, and it's like, ooh, <laughs> tough day at the office. But, uh, Tyler, we've got some <clears throat> trivia and bold predictions that we got, and, and you, you were, you've been excited about this game. You've been, you've been talking about this, this trivia game that you want to play. So we're going to jump in uh, with the second part, and then we'll do our bold predictions for the upcoming season. Uh, we do those every year as well. So, Tyler, hit me with this trivia game. What's going on with us? So um, this is a couple months ago when I, when, I, when I found this. I found it on TikTok, and it was, it was so long ago. If, 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 I, if I could remember who it was, I'd, I'd, I'd credit the creator. Right. But um, I, I found it, and I, I was just kind of listening through it. It was, it was like a five-part series or a four-part series. I can't remember. And I was like, man, this would be great for the show. And right when I wanted to do it, it was like right at the time we were doing, we, we had just a lot going on. It was free agency. It was drafted. We just had to have the time for it. Right. So I threw it in my drawer. And then today I came across like, we're doing this today. Yeah. We, I mean, there wasn't a lot of news on the docket. So we can we can jump into some extracurriculars here. Yeah. So, and, and feel free to follow along too, because the, these are, it, it's a lot harder than you think it is because the creator made sure that um this the players they because this is all stat based and historic stats. Okay. They made sure they picked players that were gonna be relatively the same. 
relatively they didn't make safe. they didn't make it easy. You, you know, like your usual multiple choice, like you usually rule out an answer or two. Right. That's not the case. <clears throat> oh boy. Well, sometimes some. It, um, you need to be a pretty eagle-eyed NFL fan to um be able to, to be able to get every single one right here, or be able to rule out any for sure. Right. Some are a um a multiple choice. Some are just uh this or that. Okay. So we'll start from the top here. Which of the four players has never led the league in receiving yards? You have four players' choices here: Brandon Lloyd, Musin Muhammad. Tory Holt or Randy Moss? Never led the league in receiving yards. In a, in a single season. In a single season. They were never the number one guy. Well, Brandon Lloyd did. Uh, I know he did. I don't know about Muhammad. Man, that's... <laughs> Who, see, it was you can see Moss and Holt. Moss and Holt. You see, you can see where this is going. They did not make this easy. I, I mean, I could see Holt doing it. I think Holt did it. But at the same time, I Randy Moss had had Tom Brady one year. Oh my God! Oh no, that's gonna be tough. I mean, do I do I want to go? <laughs> Part of me really wants to save Randy Moss. But at the same time, I'm I'm not sure. I, at the same time, you're you're talking about one of the greatest receivers of all time, right? And and to me, to one half of the show considers him the greatest receiver of all time, right? Huh? I I know Lloyd did. I I know that's a sure thing. I'm I'm pretty sure. So like, you, I I will say you you avoided the easy trap. Everyone yeah. goes Brandon Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, no, because I I get a one good season that that year and everything else was dog shit. Right, right. I I remember I was I was and the only reason I knew that is because I had him in fantasy. That was, was that the only twenty ten. Yeah, I had him in fantasy in twenty ten. That year, and he and I was like, man, I I was a lucky dog there having him. Um. So I. I'm going to say Randy Moss because I'm pretty sure I'm pr- like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure Tory Holt was having a, a pretty torrid time over there with the, the whole um, greatest show on turf. I'm going to go Randy Moss. And so Randy Moss, for, for those who don't know, I consider to be the greatest receiver of all time. Mm-hmm. But. He never specifically led the league. You are correct. <laughs> nice. I, I I felt like the the Mushin Muhammad one was a trap. I, I, so felt, was I felt like I was I felt like that was another one of those trap picks. I was like I don't know. Muhammad had a very good career though. Yeah, he had a good career. I just I wasn't sure if he was ever a a you know league leader as far as uh, receiving yards went. Um, he did I, twice. He did it twice. Yeah, really. But outside of that, he didn't do a whole lot. But Muhammad was was um quietly great, good for a little while there. Wow, wow. Because I I know he he played in Carolina. I knew that, but but um, you know I know I know one of those years, Steve Smith in Carolina. It was they were yeah. there 
like in Carolina, I know Steve Smith led led the league one year. I think it was two- they were they were they were a bit of a uh, receiver farm for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it was it was somewhere between '04 and '06. I know Steve Smith was was tearing shit up over there with Carolina. So I mean, yep. they, I, I I remember that, but um, yeah, I, I felt like like Muhammad would have been a a kind of a uh, one of those trap picks because I don't think anybody really looks and says, oh, Musha Muhammad, he he's going to go ahead and lead the league in receiving yards. Yeah, but okay. yeah, no, yeah, I'm looking. It, it was once I was thinking about Steve Smith, but but even still, like Muhammad was, it, it kind of was a trap pick, and so was Lloyd. But yeah, saw through it. That's a good start for you here. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I don't know. This guy's probably fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Um, who of the following does not have 100 career sacks? <clears throat> Robert Quinn, Justin Houston, Cam Jordan, or Khalil Mack? Uh, let's see. Because the question here, everyone should be asking, is um, has Khal- is because Khalil Max right around that point? Is he around just long enough or just short enough? Yeah, I, I that's that's going to be the the big question. Um, man, so you've got Robert Quinn, Justin Houston, who also just played. <laughs> Yeah, Cam Jordan and Cleo Mack. Yeah, and and because of the the length of his career, so which one has not had a hundred sacks? Correct. Correct. Yeah, because of the length of his career, and and that was kind of you, you mentioning that. I I'm kind of with you. I'm gonna go Cleo Mack here. It is Cleo Mack. Yeah, I I I didn't think he played long enough to to really hammer it down. It's been. But he's in the nineties. Is he? Yeah. Man. Well, yeah, I, I was like, I, I, I figured he was probably getting close, but I, I was eh, I don't know if he's played long enough. I, that's why I wanted to go Cleo Mack. The next one is, who has never won an MVP? Eric Dickerson, Walter Payton, O.J. Simpson, Marcus Allen. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and I stand corrected. Um, Khalil Mack had seventy six, so that, that it was kind of an easier one. Okay. Well, Dickerson, Dickerson, Peyton, Simpson, Marcus Allen. Only one has not won an MVP. I believe Marcus Allen did. I believe he did. Um. I, I see it's I don't know if I want to because I, I know I, I mean part of me wants to say Dickerson won one because of the monumental season he had we we remember that um, it was also his rookie year if I'm not mistaken yeah yeah I mean I mean and I it, I I think he I think he was a, he won the rookie of the year in that that year I just oof. So we got. I think OJ did win an MVP, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So. I think I think Marcus Allen and OJ both won MVPs, if I'm not mistaken, they both did. The. It's either Dickerson or who's the other one? Walter Payton. Walter Payton. 
Well, Walter Payton won an MVP in his career. If if this is right, I'm going to be flabbergasted. Eric Dickerson? Final answer? Yeah. Eric Dickerson has not won MVP. That's mind-blowing. That is fucking mind-blowing. Oh, my God. I I was... uh, (laughs) I knew Walter Payton won one. I know OJ won one. I was pretty sure Marcus Allen won one, but um, I can't think the exact stat line that caused it not to happen. But Eric Dickerson, him losing MVP is I would have been identical to if and if if uh AP lost it to Payton, which you can't blame it for happening. Like you could have flipped a coin and said, you know what, yeah, earned. I, I, who won the MVP that year? I, I guess would be the the question. That's what I, I'd like to know. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll look it up as you think about this next one because um, going into round two, what they call it, they they added a player to just make things more fuckery. <laughs> God damn. Oh. Um, who did not have a five thousand yard season? Ed, passing wise. Passing wise. Okay. Drew Brees. Justin Herbert. Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Huh. <laughs> this is actually one that I, I actually actually I actually knew. Like I, I actually answered this one pretty quick when I was going through it. Let's see. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Herbert already did it. I know Stafford already did it. That was that's for damn sure. I I believe Breeze did it. There was a a, a a year there where the biggest name QBs out there all broke 5,000. I, I think Breeze was involved in that conversation. Is it Aaron Rodgers? It is. Wow. Yeah, I, I that that one, you know, like I, I remember them talking about 5,000-yard quarterbacks really big in the early 2010s, and, and we were talking about, Matt Stafford. Everybody made a big deal out of Matt Stafford breaking it. I everybody's going, oh yeah, youngest guy to break five thousand yards. I remember that whole fiasco. Yep. I know Herbert did it recently. I, I think he just well, Herbert had to have been recently. He only had two years. Oh well, yeah, but but I, I think it was his last. Didn't he just get barely over five? It was 5, it was this year. Yep. Yeah, it was barely over five thousand. I remember. And Breeze has done it three times. Yeah, I, I knew Breeze did it. I thought it was like like in that one season, it was like him, Manning, Brady. There was like a series of quarterbacks that broke 5,000 yards. Yep. And they were making a big deal out of it. So, yeah. Staff- I, Stafford usually gets overlooked because he did his in the same season where, where Breeze like had like a shattering year. Yeah, yeah. He, he lit the place on fire. So, yeah. And to answer your question, Dan Marino won the MVP that year. Oh, that wow. That Dickerson didn't. I mean that kind of makes sense because that was the Super Bowl year, wasn't it? Yeah, the year they went and lost. Yeah, which which yeah. goes coach what I was saying about like it'd be equivalent to if AP lost it to Peyton, which like you as a Vikings fan would have been mad, but you'd get it. Right, I would totally have gotten it. <laughs> it was the year it was the year that he broke that I believe the touchdown and and really Peyton probably should have gotten it. But, right, right. But I uh, mean. The, it- that that makes sense though. I remember, you know, now now that you mention it, you know, Marino wins it. I'm like, I think that was his Super Bowl year, and that was one of those monumental seasons for Dan Marino, where he just, you know, set the world ablaze. So it 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 makes sense. I, I I'm surprised that he didn't get it, but I'm not knowing the fact that it's Dan Marino. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. 
Next one. Has not won multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. Oh, okay. Bruce Smith, Mm -hmm. Ray Lewis, Mike Singletary, Reggie White, Ed Reed. Hmm. Let me see here. So, and keep in mind, I'm also trusting that you are completely off your phone and off your internet and off. Not, I'm not messing with that at all. I'm just thinking. Because so to, to everyone knows, like, I'm, I'm not there with him, so I can't. I can't hold him accountable. Not, I'm not screwing with anything. Part of me feels like Ed Reed won two. I, I know Bruce Smith won two. I remember that. Who are my other options? Ray Lewis, Mike Singletary, Reggie White. Ray Lewis won two. I know that. Oh. Player who didn't win two. It's either Reggie White or Ed Reed. Uh, I'm going to go Reggie White here. Reggie White, who most consider, who some consider to be the greatest defensive player of all time, mm-hmm. won one. He won one. The an- he won one. The answer was Ed Reed. Wow. 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 God damn. Ed Reed. I'm surprised by that, to be honest with you. A, a player who some consider to be the greatest safety or defensive back of all yeah. time. Yeah, Ed Reed is, is um, I, I mean, it, I, I mean, part of me gets it and part of me doesn't because, like, the Ravens' defense was so good throughout that era. And if you think about, like, the guys that were on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, like, I know throughout that time, you know, you had, like, guys like, Ray Lewis, obviously, but then you also had Strahan was out there, and you had yeah. Well, I I think if I'm not mistaken, Troy Palomalu won it one year, and Charles Troy Wood- was out there. Um, Brian Urlacher, like I could list you a, a shit ton of defenders yeah. that yeah, name guys. Everyone, a lot of people talk about how the offenses have have gained steam, but defensive players have also gotten better. Yeah, yeah, the, the game itself is harder. Yeah, the defensive uh, players in that that period of time, though, I, I, you know, Strahan and Lewis and I could see why, because like even as great as Ed Reed was great player. I mean, first ballot, no doubt. I mean, stud of a player. Um, you know, ju- it, it makes sense. It, it does make sense. Well, no and, keep, and keep and keep this in mind um, as passing games increased. It, 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 it that also means that interceptions increase and sacks. Right. And also tackles because the passing game increase means the game slows down. Yeah. So it makes sense that as passing stats increase, so do defensive stats. Now the the thing about it is since since Reggie White was <clears throat> was one of the guys that that won multiple here. I I'm curious as to if both of his um uh MVP or Defensive Player of the Year awards. I'm curious if if both of them were with Green Bay or if one was when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles because I knew he was considered, you know, hot stuff at that point too. I'll look it up. While we're doing the next one, that's sure to be fun. So you can see, like, like, like each one of these can be easy if you happen to have the right random stat in your brain. Right. 
because you can rule out certain players that can be that can be curses on you. Yeah, it, it at a certain point it becomes like a fifty fifty ball. Like like the first one especially like Randy Moss, Tory Holt. Like it was it was a fifty fifty there because I uh, you know I I felt like there were sometimes you feel like there's trap guys and then sometimes you feel like you know maybe I'm thinking too far into this you know <laughs> you know maybe I you know it makes it tough it does make it tough and Reggie White actually won Defensive Player of the Year three times three times Jesus him and uh and Aaron Aaron uh, Donald are tied wow wow. No, he he Reggie White won in eighty seven, which would have made him a uh Eagle. Yeah. He won it he won it with the Packers in ninety one. I'm sorry, he won the that was, that was still Eagles. He's won it twice with the Eagles and once with the Pack. Wow. Next one. Which running back has not led the league in rushing yards? That's Sean McCoy. Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Maurice Jones-Drew, Frank Gore. Hmm. Let's think here. So part of me, part of me believes that Frank Gore hasn't, but Part of me thinks that that would be the easy answer. <laughs> um, never led the league in rushing yards. Ugh. Ugh. That's that's tough. Um, let me see. Well. Just because he's been there a long time doesn't mean that it was something outstanding. I'm going to say Frank Gore. You have a lot of weird outliers here. I think we can all agree that we know that LaShawn McCoy and Ezekiel Elliott both did it. Right. Kareem Hunt and MJD are both obscure. Well, MJD, I mean, for for a, a time... MJD was something, you know, to behold. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Frank Gore here. I I think you know his longevity really makes people think that he's done a lot more than he has. I'm gonna go Frank Gore. The answer is Frank Gore. Yeah, I I thought so. I mean, I like Frank Gore a lot. I, I think he's a good runner, but I, I always talk about Frank Gore's health. You know that that has always been the the question. Throughout Frank Gore's career is health and being, you know, in the 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 trenches and being in the thick of it. I just that w- I've always had questions about Frank Gore being able to to, you know, he stood the test of time, I guess you could say, but being able to make it through the 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 dog days of winter there and and all that. I, yeah, I I just don't think he saw the field enough, and that's that that one kind of made it easy for me. Never led the league in re- receiving yards. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Andre Johnson, Stefan Diggs, Josh Gordon. Well, Diggs did it recently. Um, I think Josh Gordon did it did it um, before he started getting in trouble. Um, so we know those two are out. Um, 
I don't believe AJ Green did it in spite of Andy Dalton's big year. I believe Andre Johnson did it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we're talking so AJ Green and who was the other one? T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Oof, oof, that's going to be that. That's a tough one because I. Hmm. Part of me wants to say the answer is AJ Green. That you're going with? AJ Green. That is correct. Oh. <laughs> AJ Green, who, while we don't like recently, has had a hell of a career, but he, this is the one he has not done. Yeah, I know the one year that, that Andy Dalton, even when Andy Dalton was having a big season, so I had the double whammy of AJ Green and Andy Dalton in fantasy football. And I know even that year, it was like, eh. Okay. Um, yeah, AJ Green, hell of a career, but yeah, I didn't think he had, um, I didn't think he, he had a, a league leading season at all. See, I could rule out three of them. I, I knew yeah. Diggs right away. <laughs> I knew, Di- yeah, right away. I, I knew Diggs, Gordon, Johnson, actually, when I, when I was going through it live. Yeah. You, you and I had talked about, <clears throat> I talked about, um, Josh Gordon in the past leading the mm-hmm. league. So and, we, and, and we and we we had actually talked about in the one prior. We we talked about Frank Gore being third overall despite never leading two. Yeah, yeah, I I vaguely remember that, but that wasn't the thing that was crossing my mind at that yeah. point. Um, has fewer than five first team All Pro. Ooh. Choices are Rob Gronkowski, J.J. Watt. Bobby Wagner, Zach Martin, Justin Tucker. You were in five first-team All-Pros. Well, I, I think Tucker is is the best kicker in the league. I think you and I both agree with that. I think he's probably got <laughs> he's probably got about eight or nine. I mean, kick they don't make uh, kickers of that breed anymore. What I will say is, I remember this. One has four, and the rest have five or a hair more. Like they made this stupid close. It's that close. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought for sure your your boy was gonna blow that one out of the water. I thought he was gonna be close to double digits at this point. Well, uh, he's, he's going to his eleventh year. Surprised. Like I said, they don't make kickers like that anymore. Um. So I I part of me wants to say that Grant did it. But I, how many years did he play with the Patriots? Eight, nine? I know he wasn't a first-team All-Pro with the Bucs. I, I know he didn't do that. Was, yeah, it was like eight or nine years. He's like 35 now, I think. Yeah. I know he didn't do it with the Bucs. We know that for a fact. A couple injury-laden years with, with the Patriots. Who else is there? Zach Martin, Bobby Wagner, J.J. Watt. Bobby Wagner did it. I know he did it. And I know J.J. Watt did it. So we're down to to because Bobby Wagner, I mean, he probably had four in the Legion of Boom era alone. Um, I'm sure Bobby Wagner did it. Uh, hmm. So we're down to Gronk. Zach Martin. Zach Martin. How long has Zach Martin played? Uh, probably about 12 years. I'd have to think about when he got drafted. Um, Cowboys have had one of the best offensive lines across the, the board. 
So that can be a double-edged sword, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm, if you talk about players that can get overshadowed in a line. Right. I'm going to go Zach Martin here. The ant, So he's got nine years. Mm-hmm. Which is a good guess to go on because that, that would mean he's got at least five of those nine. Right. But <laughs> injury-ridden Gronkowski. He's got wow. Wow. God damn. And that's been the issue with Gronkowski. We've talked about this is I'm not going to take away his accolades. Him and Brady have a connection that's God level. Right. But the dude can't stay healthy. Yeah, that was the the thing that was kind of getting me there. I know he didn't do it with the Bucks. That was for sure. It was because it wasn't until like half of the year when he finally started to come alive. Right. the, The question for me became. What was his tenure like with with New England? And I knew there were a few injury laden times, and you know I knew that last Super Bowl he was you know he he had the the special catch in the bowl, but like beyond that he was a little questionable. He was running around with the arm brace on and all that stuff. I I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. You know, and then but then he had those great years with Hernandez, and mm-hmm. he had had questions. I I wasn't sure if he broke it or not, but at the same time I wasn't sure if. If uh, Martin had enough, it was a tough one. Yeah, that one was tough. That was very does tough. Does not have 1,000 catches. Gronk doesn't? No, this is the next one. Oh, does not have. <laughs> I was going to say, God damn. What's well, going to make you think Gronk should be on this list? <laughs> but yeah. he's not. But uh, um, does not have 1,000 catches. Okay. Randy Moss, Heinz Ward, Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden. Isaac Bruce. Let's see. I mean, well, I know Randy Moss has over a thousand. I I know he does. Uh, for the length, well, I don't know, because Isaac Bruce was around for a minute, but uh, I'm not sure if he has a thousand catches in his career. It's a it's a hell of a question. I know he used to get a lot of looks. I mean, for years, he was all the Rams had until Torrey Holt came along. Hmm. I, 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 I'm i going to assume that Isaac Bruce got it. I know Moss got it. I mean, Heinz Ward was around forever, too, though. I mean, that... Ugh. So we got Isaac Bruce, Randy Moss. Heinz little- Ward. I mean, part of me wants to say Anquan Bolden in this situation. I don't think he had a thousand catches in the NFL. Ah, that's going to that's going to bug me. I'm going to say Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden. Has a thousand seventy six. Wow. The wow. answer is Hall of Fame legendary receiver, which most of these are, mm-hmm. Randy Moss. What? Has, I believe it is 982. Really? But that goes to show, like, what Randy Moss did with those receptions. Yeah, I, I, I'm flabbergasted by that. The dude has over 15,000 yards on 982 receptions. Yeah, I, I know there were a couple years there where he where he was breaking a hundred receptions. And here and so. and uh 
and he had a 23 touchdown year, two 17 wow. touchdown, a 15 touchdown year, and a 13 touchdown year. Wow. The God. dude made things work. Yeah. I mean, and for all the thousand yard seasons that he had throughout his career, I'm, I'm amazed that it was Moss. Wow. I mean, it just it shows how athletic that guy was. Absolutely. You're you're over year to, to turn in the performances that he did. Like it amazing. Like I, I still stand by. He's like my favorite receiver of all time. Like like and I like I I like like, like you and your boy Sean get into like the whole Jerry Rice uh Chris <laughs> Carter thing. But yeah. I'm on the Randy Moss train. He did it a- with not not great receivers and like broke a thousand damn near every fucking year. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I, 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 uh, um, I'm, I'm a big Chris Carter fan based on on other reasoning, but I, I yeah, there's, there's nothing. Wrong. And we've, we've, we've had that conversation. Yeah, I, there's nothing wrong with with uh, being a Randy Moss guy or believing he's one of the, he's one of, if not the greatest receivers of all time. Well, we just think there's nothing wrong with thinking Jerry Rice or Chris Carter too. Like, it depends what you're looking for. It depends on your criteria. Right. Um, because no one's ever going to touch. Rice and like all purpose charts. You just, you just ain't right. I mean, there's, there's, there's certain things that, that, you know, I look at that I, I just believe differently in, but that I'm surprised by the, the Randy Moss situation. That, that kind of caught me off guard. Yeah. Wow. That's mind blowing. Cause I, and, and Isaac Bruce was, was one where I felt like I could check him off because of his longevity, just because he had been, I remember him being with the Rams every year and just putting up huge, just outrageous numbers. So, I, but but then you can almost do the same thing with like Ward and Smith. Yeah, yeah, Heinz Ward being or being around all those years and and you know, I, I knew I knew Heinz Ward. I hated I hated Heinz Ward. <laughs> I hated him. You hated him. You can see why. Yeah. Here's you like know, I, I hate Heinz Ward like the like I hate like Heinz Ward the same way you you hate like 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 Aaron Rodgers or or Favre pre. Vikings days. Like, oh yeah, because they they were a pain in the ass. It was the massive th- like even with shit quarterbacks there like even with like Cordell Stewart like like fuck. Yeah, he was a pain in the ass for a lot of years. A lot of years. It was impressive. <laughs> Next one has he- not led the league in rushing yards multiple times. Ezekiel Elliott, LaShawn McCoy, Edgren James, Adrian Peterson, Derrick Henry. I want to say it's Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I don't. I think he only did it once. I'm going to go with the Ezekiel Elliott here. Elliott, if I'm not mistaken, did it back to back years. Did he? The answer is Lashawn McCoy. Oh wow! But don't don't let don't let that deter you the fact that McCoy was very good for that, that pair, era of time. Oh, yeah, that's. Uh, I knew it was for a while it was it was the it was the McCoy AP Charles show. Right, right, and I I knew Lashawn McCoy was red hot with the Eagles for that period of time. I, I I'm surprised by by the fact that he didn't do it. You know, I, I I thought it was Zeke for sure because I didn't think Zeke did it two years in a row. I thought he was a one hit wonder. The next one never led the league in receptions. Pierre Garçon, Wes Welker, Larry Fitzgerald, Jarvis Landry, Heinz Ward. Hmm. Well, part of me, 
uh, I remember Jarvis Landry did it. I do remember that. Um, you said Heinz Ward. Yes. I, I vaguely remember something about about Pierre Garcon doing it. I think he did it. I want to say Heinz Ward. I mean, I, I even though he was a possession receiver, I want to say Heinz Ward. Final answer. Yeah, I'm going to go with Heinz Ward. It is Heinz Ward. Yeah. He always had a lot of receptions, but never was the number one. Yeah, that I, I, I always I remember him having a good amount of receptions throughout his career. I knew he was more of a possession type of receiver, but I didn't think that that he was like, you know. Michael, Michael Thomas caliber, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he didn't do yeah. things that that that, you know, those guys did. I did remember Jarvis Landry did it. And I, I the Pierre Garçon, I, I as soon as you said that, I was like, you know. Brings back old mem like 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 a, like a thought you like just buried. Yeah, yeah, I remember kind of being blown away by that. I think it, I, it was like 2015 or something like that. He did it. It might have been sooner than I don't remember when it was, but it was definitely with Washington, right? Yeah, it was. It was with Washington. It, it wasn't when he was with uh, the Colts, but I mean, because Washington, he became the number one receiver over there. But I, I just, I, I, I had a feeling. Thirteen. Was it thirteen? It was yeah. also the only year he ever crossed 100 receptions. Wow. He had 113 that year. The next closest year was 79. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling that that, that was the trap answer. Because <laughs> historically, historically, Pierre Garçon had, had been a number two guy. So, I mean, I, I had a Very pedestrian numbers. Yeah, yeah. Very, very middle of the road, kind of set, number two, number three type receiver, so... Yeah, I'm, I I I kind of was like, oh, that probably is our our guy. Never led the league in passing yards. Philip Rivers, Matt Stafford, Dante Culpepper, Matt Schaub, Rich Gannon. Part of me wants to say Gannon did it. I, I part of me wants to say he did it, but uh, and then I I think Matt Schaub did it too. I believe Matt Schaub was because he had Andre Johnson that year. I remember he, he had a huge season. If I'm not mistaken, he led in passing yardage. Um, I want to say Rivers did it as well. 2009, 2008. It was right in that same realm as Matt Schaub. I think Schaub led nine, and then Rivers had the big year right after that. I think Rivers was 2010. He led, but then after that. I'm I'm lost. So we've got. Uh, I'm going to rule out Rivers and Shop. So you're yeah, down to Stafford, Culpepper, Gannon. Culpepper did it back in '04. I know that. So it's down to Stafford and Gannon. I don't think Stafford ever did. I know he broke five thousand, but I don't think he ever did. I'm going to go Matt Stafford. The answer is Matt Stafford. Yeah, I had a feeling. I, I, yeah, oh, he said oh, he's had he's like in the top three of like most four thousand plus seasons. Yeah, he had that I, five thousand yard season. I, I but mean, he got overshadowed most times by Drew Brees. I know Alex Steele would have been celebrating that like the the Lions just won the Super Bowl if that had, if that had <laughs> happened. You know it, I know it. So I mean, yeah, no, I, I, uh, yeah, Matt Stafford, I, 
yeah, I, I had a feeling. I, I knew he broke broke five thousand, but he was like like one of the he he was below like Manning and stuff like that in his five thousand year. I was like, he didn't he didn't do it. He didn't he didn't top him. So yeah, I, I had a feeling it was gonna be Stafford. The next one is never had a thirty five hundred yard passing season. Oh Jesus. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones. I want to say Kyler Murray. I think I'm going to go with Kyler Murray here. So this is one of those trick answers. Really? Because even though he won MVP, even though he had 1,000-plus yards rushing, even yeah. though he led the league in passing touchdowns, Lamar Jackson's MVP year was just shy of 3,500. You know, I, I knew it was between the two, because it, between Kyler and Lamar, because Kyler doesn't really. It, and I looked at the numbers. I was a little flabbergasted by his numbers earlier this year. He doesn't throw a whole lot, believe it or not. And I was like, oh, man, his numbers are kind of, you know, he gets in the end zone a lot. He has good rushing yards, but. Yeah, yeah he, he actually doesn't, he, he doesn't throw any, any, a crazy amount more than Lamar, realistically. Right. And I, I had a feeling it was between the two, because I know Lamar doesn't get these massive. Did, pass- did, did, was it the fact that he led the league in touchdowns that his MVP year, did, did, that, did that throw you off? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he, he led all quarterbacks, and the, 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 so everyone thinks, oh, he had to have thrown. Well, yeah, I, I figured he broke 35 in the MVP. Yeah. But I, that, that's also the year when she, he broke the quarterback rushing record, too. Rushing. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, so much- you, you can say he only had 3,100 yards, but he also had another almost um, 1,200 in rush. Right. And I knew Mac Jones broke it. It was just, yeah. It was, I, yeah. I figured between Kyler and, and Lamar, but I went the wrong way. <laughs> Never crossed a, 700 yards rushing as a quarterback. Never crossed 700 rushing as a quarterback. Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Colin Kaepernick, Cam Newton. Well, Cam, I believe, did it. Um, hmm. Part of me wants to say Josh Allen did it. I, I think Josh Allen did it this this last season. If I'm not mistaken. I think he had himself a big year this last year rushing. So we're talking Allen, Wilson, Hertz, Kaepernick, Newton. Hertz runs a lot. He doesn't throw for shit. I, I, I want to kind of move Hertz off of the. Off of the the thing too, to be honest with you. Um, hmm, it's gonna get me. I'm gonna go Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick. Really, really, that blows my mind. Hertz is I, is, is is a is a um a red herring because because he because of the longevity, but he actually just did it. Oh, did he? He actually led the league for quarterbacks, which we both know wouldn't have happened if Lamar didn't miss six games. Wow. Man. I, I'm surprised to hear it was Kaepernick that, that didn't do it. Yeah. 
that's that's crazy to caught me. me off too yeah I feel, like, I feel like he was like nuts for those few years well yeah yeah the couple of years that, i mean he was running the ball like crazy i'm like oh okay you know this guy it, it. it had to have been like just shy right yeah without having the stats in front of me it had to have been just shy i, I would assume so I mean, there were there were occasions where I watched Kaepernick run sixty yards down the field for touchdowns. That's why I'm like, oh, that's that's wild. That's that's crazy to think that that it's Kaepernick that actually didn't do it. Wow. He, he never considered that. Like like, like yeah, his closest he got was six thirty nine. Wow. That's that's actually pretty low. you know, like what I because I considering what I thought he had, that's actually pretty low. And the and the last one before we go to the this or that, so these should go the this or that will go a lot quicker. It's just, it's just this player or that player, right? Um, who has not had a twenty sack season? Justin Houston, Demarcus Ware, Jared Allen, Aaron Donald, Chandler Jones. Donald and Allen both did it. I think it's Justin Houston, if I'm not mistaken. I'll answer. Yeah. The answer is Chandler Jones. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. He's a defensive tackle. I just knew he was blitzing a lot. He's had a stellar career. Yeah, but he never crossed twenty. Which twenty wow. is a lot. Like yeah, that is a lot of if you hit twenty, like you're you're within striking distance of the record. Let's let's be clear. Right. 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 All right. That's- Quick hit. Um, this or that. Career passing yards. Eli Manning. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's correct. Fran Tarkinson, Joe Montana. Montana. Tarkinson. Wow, Tarkinson got it. I'm surprised by that because Montana had Rice. Tarkinson didn't really have much of anything as far as throwing the ball. That raises a question for a different night. (laughs) (laughs) Career sex, Robert Mathis, Dwight Freeney. Freeney. Mathis. Really? Surprised by that, too. Does Austin Eckler have more rush yards or receiving yards? Receiving. Rush yards, not by a lot. Yeah, I I knew it was close. I I was like, I don't know. He was a change of pace guy for a while there. I hate this one as it's written. I I almost just said I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Who has more playoff passing touchdowns? Tom Brady? Or the combination of Rodgers and Peyton? I'm probably going to say Brady. It is Brady. Yeah, I was going to say he he got in so often. I, <laughs> it was every year for a lot. Yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, he, he had to. Receiving yards. Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Gronkowski. That's, that's surprising me, too, given how... Kelsey's been over the last several mm-hmm. years. Receiving yards. Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Kamara. Wow. Wow. Passing yards. Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Deshaun Watson. Seriously? He hasn't even played for a year. He led the league in pass yards, was it, I think, in 2019? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, you just think that Josh Allen, after these last couple of years, would be... But Watson's... I think what Watson was drafted in, what, 17? Something like that, yeah. 
So he's had a year, but he has a year. Yeah, that's fair. Rush yards. The Damian Tomlinson, Curtis Martin. The Damian. Curtis Martin. Wow. I know Curtis Martin had a long career. I know LaDainian did too. LaDainian had a couple of really stellar years. Even with the Jets, he had a couple of stellar, stellar mm-hmm. years. I'm, I'm surprised with uh, that he didn't surpass Curtis Martin. Playoff passing yards. Big Ben, Drew Brees. Playoff passing yards. Uh, ooh, that's kind of tough because Ben made the playoffs a lot. But they also missed the playoffs, so did the Saints. I'm going to go Ben. You're right, it is Ben. Mm-hmm. Single season, oh, so their best season. Who, 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 who had, so you get, you're, you're talking about their, be, you're picking their best individual season. Which one was better? Okay. Rennie Moss, Terrell Owens. Moss. It is Moss. Yeah. I, I figured he'd, he'd top Owens stuff. Career rushing yards, Marshall Falk. Or as uh, Cole would say, you've been Thurman Thomas. I'm going to say Thurman Thomas. You are right. Yeah, I I know Thurman Thomas had an outstanding year in a few of those Super Bowl years. More playoff catches. Under Peyton Manning. Oh, boy. Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. I'm going to go Reggie Wayne there. You are right. Yeah. I I, yeah, I think he saw the playoffs more often um, than Marvin Harrison did with Peyton. Career interceptions. They're talking defensive, so caught the interception. Okay. Mel Blunt, Ronnie Lott. Uh, I'm going to say Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lapp actually leads all career interceptions. Yeah, that's what I thought. Receiving yards, career, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. It's got to be Julio. It is Julio. Yeah. Rushing yards, Marshawn Lynch, Chris Johnson. And, and it was rushing yards? Yes. Marshawn Lynch. You're right. Yeah. I Chris Johnson had had two good seasons, and then uh, that was about it for him. Career interceptions. Deion Sanders, Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. It is actually Charles Woodson. You are right. Um... So like like the other one like who has the of their highest season which the who's got the better the better highest season Okay uh the the late Demarius Thomas or Victor Cruz Ooh, I think Demarius Thomas You're correct Yeah I I thought Demarius Thomas had that that season with Peyton Manning was so damn good Really, there was a pair of seasons there that were so damn good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Passing touchdowns. Eli Manning, Matt Stafford. Ooh, that's a toughie. Um, given how often he was there, I mean, like Matt Stafford, he had a, a hell of a go with Calvin. I'm going to go Matt Stafford. 
Eli Manning. Wow, I'm surprised by that. I mean, I know Manning had some really good receivers in that time. I'm just, I'm surprised that it's it's uh, Manning. I'm I'm surprised by that. I mean, he, I know for a while there he was an interception machine, and yeah, it was it was a tough go for old Eli. But he did have Victor Cruz for a while, and he had Odell for a while. So I I can see why. But I thought Matt Stafford was because he had the crutch of Calvin Johnson. That's why he would lead it. But those are some tough ones. That was that was the end of what I got, though. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I mean, start off a little easy, but it, it, I mean, the ones I found, like, like I, I, I'm sitting there like, damn, like, these are. Yeah. No, that that was a uh, wow. That was tough. Like I had fun going back through it, knowing the answers too. Just like, 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 listen to you squirm. Yeah. Because I, like, I, I was too. Like, I, keep in mind, like, like, like every five was like, 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 it was like a minute video long, like. Shit, it's like, it's like quick fire. Yeah, <laughs> but they they pick some good ones. They pick some yeah. really good ones. Yeah, those were that. Those were tough. Those were fucking tough, man. <laughs> those those were fun. It was fun though. Unreal. But um, we do have some bold predictions, and I think we're gonna take a quick break here. We're gonna come back. Yeah. Yep. We're gonna right take, here. Yeah, we're gonna take a quick break here. Um, and and that was fun, Tyler. I appreciate the the uh, trivia. We're gonna do our bold predictions. Um, and, and we'll, uh, maybe we'll flip a coin to see who goes first and, uh, do it, do it, uh, NFL overtime style and <laughs> well, old school NFL overtime style rather. <clears throat> and we'll, we'll, uh, jump right into our bold predictions to close out the show. So we'll be right back right here on the outside blitz. At it's your time massage. You get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours, with the rates ranging from $55 to $130. You get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Back, ladies and gentlemen, the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, the fabulous what? one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, the titillating Tyler Dean. Uh, Tyler, we have our last segment of the day here, our uh, 10 bold predictions going into the 22, uh, 23 season here. And uh, and if you know and if you know this podcast, you know we get a little bold, me yeah, in particular. We get pretty freaking bold here. And um, I, I have some stuff that, that Tyler, I think, is going to um, some stuff might might even go as far as upsetting you. It it, it goes very much against uh, in certain, takes a lot in in certain places. It goes very much against things that I I, I think you would either a predict or b you think would happen here. Um, 
So we've got our each of us wrote down our 10 bold predictions. Uh, last year, I, I nailed I, I think I if I'm not mistaken, I won the bold predictions from last year. Uh, I got I you you got like I think three I got none. Yeah, we 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 go through them uh, um, at the end of every season, and uh, we we knocked them out pretty well. Uh, so I wanted to jump into these um, these bold predictions. And and Tyler, did you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Do we want to do overtime rules? What do you want to do here? Hey, you won. You go first. We'll we'll we'll. But let's do back and forth. You do one. I do one. Okay, that sounds good to me. So I'll start this thing off. Our bold predictions for the 2022-23 season. Um, so number one, prediction number one, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers will struggle without Devontae Adams, but Adams will be more successful in the 22-23 season with the Raiders than he was with Green Bay. So on one end, I fully agree with um Rodgers struggling without Adams yep but what you're asking Adams to do without on, on his new season so his best season we can agree was actually this past season yep 1500 yards on 11 touchdowns yep or you could go the route and saying the best season was the 1300 yards on 18 touchdowns right you're saying he's going to do better than that. Yes. And and the reason I say that and the reason I feel this way, I feel as though Adams and Carr had such a rapport back in college that this rapport is going to continue. And I believe that Adams is a better player than he was in college. And I do think Carr is a better player than he was in college as well. I think they've both improved. I don't think Carr is a world beater. But I do believe that that chemistry is going to be there in such a way that Adams is going to have himself a tremendous year uh, with Derek Carr as opposed to Aaron Rodgers. And it's going to blow everybody's minds. So you do understand that you're accepting the fact that we're talking about um, likely a um, league leading season. Yes. Okay. Yep, I do understand that. That's, that. that's bold. I love it. I love the bold. That's, I, I like it. I love Derek Carr. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's asking for a lot. I'm starting out hot, buddy. <laughs> I I actually think the back end the back end is is the harder part, I and mean, the the Rogers struggling part isn't the part that 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 worries me. I th- I think that's going to happen. Yep, that's that's my two part parlay on that one. Now, <laughs> I will add is so because like for me like I'm I'm the believer that Rogers is one of the best three quarterbacks of all time. Mm. If Rogers turns Lazard into a 15-yard receiver, the game's over. Yeah, yeah. Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time. It it might very he might very well be if he does if he manages to accomplish that. If he mad, manages to to take Alan Lazard to the next level in the way that he did Jordan Nelson all those years ago, we we might be having a different discussion about about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Man, where do I start on that? <laughs> that's I like it. I like it. All right, I'm gonna start right here. The Seahawks win zero games. Whoa, <laughs> win zero. Zero. Wow. Okay. Wow. You think the Seahawks are gonna go winless? Oof. Your schedule ain't easy. Oh, 
they have winnable. They, they they have winnable games, but they don't have a. But there's not a game that you can guarantee they win. Right. Wow, a winless Seattle Seahawks team. That would be a far cry from where we where we've been. Do you think Pete Carroll loses his job if they go winless? Because I think he does. I'm gonna say I mean on on the record no, but it's gonna come across in the way that Bruce Arians left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so hear me out here. Hear me out here. Broncos, Niners, uh, Falcons, winnable. Mm-hmm. Lions, winnable. Saints, Cardinals, Chargers, Giants, winnable. Cardinals again, Bucks, Raiders, Rams, Panthers, sort of winnable. 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, very winnable. Seahawks. I'm sorry, Rams. Oof. There's not a game there that you can say that you'd bet your whole paycheck they win. Right. Right. And I'd even argue that the Detroit game is going to be far more difficult than it would normally be. Yes. The Detroit game's not... To me, the Jets game is their best shot at at, at screw me over. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is the blow-it-up season for Seattle. <laughs> man. Man, that's ballsy. Yeah. That's 2022 is the, is, is the league in a fucked. <laughs> oh, man. That's rough. Um, this one you're going to hate. My second bold prediction. Fine. Trey Lance will get the initial start in San Francisco, and Jimmy G will remain a 49er. Lance will perform so poorly that he'll be benched, and Jimmy G will reassume the starting role and will receive a contract extension at the end of the year from the 49ers. See, I'm I'm saying this is doubly as bold because the owners come out and saying that for sure Jimmy G is not in our future. Like, like he's been like very open about it. Yep. And well, and this is the thing, like we we've heard this never say never thing. You know, I mean, we, we've heard teams say, oh, uh, you know, for example, so and so is the starting quarterback of my team. And then next thing you know, the next week, the guy's riding the bench. Um, I never say never. I, I just I look at it, I, I never say never. If Jimmy G comes out and performs well, I bet you Jimmy G winds up back with the 49ers and it won't be a huge contract extension if he does get extended. I think Jimmy G gets extended if he if this does scenario does play out. I think Jimmy G gets extended for a year or two just to be that ultimate bridge quarterback that everybody seems to believe he is. I think he's kind of the ultimate bridge quarterback at this point um, that that teams would ask for. I just I don't believe I believe there's a lot of bullshit talk about trading Lance. I really do. I think there's a lot of bullshitting and and. That's what it is. It's all just schoolyard bullshit. I believe that Jimmy G is the better quarterback. I think Trey Lance is overrated, and people are overhyping this kid. He's going to come out. He's going to be a bum. Jimmy G is going to regain the job, and they will extend Jimmy G to be the bridge quarterback for whoever they draft in the upcoming draft. So going into last season, I was big on Trey Lance. You, you weren't necessarily bad on Trey Lance, but you weren't as big as I was. No. Um, I think because of all the offseason talk about, um, Jimmy G not being our future, Jimmy G this, Jimmy G that, 
I think there's a shot at you being right on the uh, Trey Lance front. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a shot at you being right all the way through. I, I think um, the team is kind of written off Jimmy G enough to where Jimmy, Jimmy G has no interest in staying. So I think that's where you get burned. And and I don't think Jimmy G would have no interest in staying. I think a big problem for Jimmy Garoppolo is that the market has dried up for him, uh, essentially, especially with this Baker Mayfield trade. The, the the Mayfield trade happened. There's not a lot of places screaming for Jimmy G at this point. You know, I, I don't even think see, they see right now are screaming for him. What's funny is I almost put as a bold prediction, I and I chose against it, was, was for Trey Lance to guide the Niners to the playoffs. No, that ain't happening. I almost did it, but I didn't because I'm like, I'm not going that stupid. I need to get something right. <laughs> but uh, I do think there's a fair shot that um, we talked about earlier, the moment that Watson gets suspended, potentially, Jimmy G ends up in Cleveland. And that could be a possibility. It just depends on how much Cleveland wants to sell the farm because they're going to have to sell the farm for Jimmy G. Even yeah. if well, not, not really. Even but, if it's on a one-year deal and a one-year rental, you know they're going to have to go, all right, we're desperate for a quarterback. Let's go out there. Fourth rounder. I mean, I know they got Case Keenum on the roster still. Fourth rounder. They had Case Keenum on the roster. I don't even know who their, who their backup is. Is it Jacoby Brissett over there It's now? Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, I, uh, Jacoby Brissett, I mean, I guess is serviceable enough. I mean, especially if they go what I think will be the max on Deshaun for eight games. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I I don't know. I don't know that Stefanski trusts trust Jacoby Brissett, but I don't know that they're going to be willing to go. Here's more draft picks out the door for a rental, a one year rental. It's the Browns. Got, got, got questions there. Got questions right. there. And maybe the Niners are waiting for that desperation moment from a team. So, Baker went for a fifth. Matt Ryan went for a third. They right. are. Um, there's no way the Niners get anything worth of value out of Jimmy G. Do you think Jimmy G is is as um, do you think he's better than Brissett at this point? Do you think it's worth giving away an asset? Well, he's he's better than Brissett, worse than Trent Dilfer. Let's put it that way. I don't know that he's worse than Dilfer. You can't really get much worse than Dilfer. Can. <laughs> well, okay, fine. I mean, Josh. Better, Rose, yeah, I, I get it. Better than Brissett, worse than Flacco. Yeah, also I can go with that. I can definitely go with that. That's fair. That's that Cause is because I because I, I, I had people um in 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 my DMs talking about how Flacco is um a worse Super Bowl winning quarterback than Dilfer. Like, like you're high. Yeah, no, that's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Because because at least like Flacco had like a like a sort of functioning defense. Yeah, but um. Flacco. Had a good Flacco had a good. It was it was a, it was a good defense, but but it, but it, but it but it was a far cry from the from the from the double zero Ravens defense. Yeah, and not only that, I I think Dilfer. I mean, even even look at the Super Bowl, look at the Super Bowl that how it how it went down. They won twenty four to seven, but Dilfer wasn't the one putting up all them points. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was the D. Yeah, so like, I, like yeah, the defense put up a defensive touchdown. You can't say that on the on the most recent. Right. And uh, it's it's like uh, like like Dilfer's kind of the equivalent to Nick Foles. Like Dilfer was not that team starting quarterback. It was right. Tony Banks. Exactly. Dilfer exactly. was the second option. Right. But good enough to figure it out. Yeah. He, when I say when I talk about 
quarterbacks on that team hiding behind a great defense and a great run get run game. That's one of the teams that I talk about. Yeah. With like, Flacco looks like looks like looks like a like, like a like a honorable mention compared to Dilfer or yeah. or or Foles. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because like I, I know we don't agree on this, but but at least Flacco has has the uh has the has the uh stat of twelve and zero touchdown interception ratio throughout the playoffs to back him up. Right. The rest of them had like I need a defense to bail me out. Yeah, I agree. But but no, Jimmy G. He's I'm not saying he's terrible, but he's he's what he is. Yeah, I, I don't think he's terrible. I think he's again. I think he's arguably right now going to be one of the best bridge quarterbacks of the league. If sure. something takes him, or if the Niners wind up retaining his services for another year or two, which I totally think is a feasible option, uh, if Lance especially shits the bed. Um, we could be talking about another year or two of Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco on an extension just to be that bridge quarterback for whomever they decide to draft um, uh, in the first round in a very quarterback-heavy draft that's coming up with some stud quarterbacks involved in there. So it's on me now, right? Yes, sir. Your second one. The Chiefs will miss the playoffs. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. So, I like this, and um, so I, I have to take this a step further, um, because... Which means I, I also think that they're going to get at least third in the division. Yeah, I, I actually took it a step further, um, and I, I have to... I'm going to throw out my third one, because this goes hand-in-hand hand with what you've got. Um I don't even think they're going to be third in the division. I said the Kansas City Chiefs will end up dead last in the NFC West in 2022 and will miss the playoffs. Um, additionally to that, as a, something of a parlay, the L.A. Chargers will win the AFC West. Um, so I'm, I'm right on board with you here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second on that because I have another one that involves the division here. So I'm, I'm going to go there next. Yep. So um, what's not part of my prediction, but I, I – Talk. I I had this mental idea that the Broncos finished fourth and worse than they did last year, despite having Russell Wilson. Wow. But it's not this not the prediction I went with. But what, what I did go with was the Chargers take the number one seed in the AFC. That wouldn't surprise me at all. They had themselves a a phenomenal offseason this year. The Chargers did. Um, they killed it. They they really did did tear it up. Um, I, and I kind of put that all together as kind of my, my AFC West prediction, but, um, chiefs, I, I do agree with you. I think they're going to wind up third or less. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, a tough go for them. And I think the chargers win the AFC West. I, I like how I went a step further with the chiefs going down and you went a step higher with the chargers going up <laughs> to get the number one seed. Chargers um, went off. Yeah, yeah, they they really don't have, let the fact they missed the playoffs cloud you. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they could they could be studs. You could be. To be perfectly honest with you, I was thinking about like the teams that could wind up in the AFC title game this year, and it was really hard for me. To so not, ten teams. What was that? <laughs> so ten different teams. No, no, because I, I was thinking about like the teams that that will because they're all really good teams. But that, what that, I mean, they, there's at least ten teams that could realistically make it to, to this to the 
championship game, and you you can't say you're surprised. Uh, no, and you can't say you're surprised, but I do think there are a hand like about two or three teams that are really looking to transcend, and and one of those teams is the Chargers. Um, I believe that they can transcend. I do think Buffalo is still in the discussion. Uh, I really do. I yep. think they're there. Um, and then you're talking about the Bengals because, believe it or not, they've still improved. You know, so no, and they have, but but then you also can't rule out rule out like a team like uh, the Colts or the Ravens or the Raiders, right? And I actually do have a Colts prediction that I'll be I'll be bringing up shortly. But you know, I I believe that uh, I do believe that that the Chargers are going to wind up winning that division, and I do believe that that the uh, Chiefs will wind up dead last. I I'm with you that they're going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tough go for the Chiefs. They're, they don't have the weapons that they had. They're kind of on the downturn. They did what they had to do with Mahomes on a rookie deal. Uh, and, and I'm kind of with you there. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe in that. And I agree with you on the Chargers that they're going to wind up being the number one in the, the uh, West. Uh, we'll see how, how, they, you know, how they perform as far as the playoff seeding goes. I think it's ballsy uh, saying they're going to be the number one seed. But at the same time, it's a really good prediction given the the Chargers offseason moves and everything that they did. So uh I'm I'm with that. I, I agree with with a lot of what you're saying. The Chargers, they're they're on the upswing right now, especially they're kind of all in because Justin Herbert right now is currently in that third year of his deal. So they're kind of pushing their chips mm-hmm. to, to the center of the table, you know, and saying, sure. hey. Yeah. He's you know, third year of his deal, of his rookie deal, he's got this year, next year, and then the fifth-year option, which will still take him up to about twenty million, but uh, twenty-three or tw- I think it's twenty-two, twenty-three million. But still, they, they still have him on that rookie scale contract, and that's like right now with the way the salary cap plays out, that's your best window to win a Super Bowl. So I think the Chargers, like I said, they're they're going all in this season, and and this could be the year that we see the Chargers make their way into that. So good on them. Um, I also have another Chiefs prediction here, though, for my next one. So this will be my fourth one. Um, Chiefs rookie corner Trent McDuffie will win the defensive rookie of the year. Well, on the other hand, Derek Stingley Jr. will be the biggest bust of the 2022 NFL draft. Wow. Yes. Um, I think Stingley, well, and, and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he's, uh, even if the guy gets hurt. Oh, he's not a bust. He got hurt. No, no, no guy got hurt he's still a bust you picked him up first round you expect him to be a stud you expect him to be on the field the number one thing about playing in the nfl is availability and and i really don't buy Derek stingley jr i don't think he was better than sauce gardner i think trent mcduffie was the best corner to come out of the nfl draft this year and nobody gave him credit the fact that he fell to the early 20s is an absolute fucking travesty and and i just i don't buy it so um yeah, that's kind of where we're at there. Um, Trent McDuffie, I think he wins Defensive Rookie of the Year this year. I think Derek Stingley Jr. is going to be a monster bust. I think all the talk is about guys like Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. Nobody is talking enough about Trent McDuffie. And when we're going through our rookie rankings in the middle of the season, I fully expect McDuffie to wind up being on that list um, based on the things he was able to accomplish in college. I understand he played for a smaller school. I really believe in Trent McDuffie. I like him a lot. I wanted the Vikings to grab him. They let him. They let him go. They traded down and wound up with Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth. Hey, whatever. 
but Trent McDuffie, defensive rookie of the year, in spite of the fact that the Chiefs will miss the playoffs this year, that kid's going to have himself a great year. Okay. Okay. Here's my next one for you. Number four. Amon Ross St. Brown. On the NFC side, will be top three receivers. He'll be a top three receiver. In the NFC. The NFC. Wow. Okay. Now, all that in spite of the fact that Jamison Williams has shown up. Doesn't matter. You think you think St. Brown's going to be the true number? I, huh? I'm still just so high on St. Brown. And that's fair. I mean, I'm high on St. Brown. The dust, when the dust settles, and I like Jamie, Jamison Williams. Mm. When the dust settles, um, St. Brown will be like, viewed as the true number one. He's gonna he's he's gonna end up on the NFC side, top three in yards. Wow, and that means Jared Goff will have to have a pretty good year with him. He's got the offense to work with. Yep. That's yeah, fair. Let's keep in mind, twenty six receivers crossed a thousand yards last season. Yep. And you believe that that St. Brown is gonna outdo the the shiny new toy? Everybody's look to me. Everyone's looking at the shiny new toy. Everybody's looking at DJ Chark. It's going to be the St. Brown show to to, um, to come up from behind and just 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 take off. Hey, and he had himself a really solid back half of the year last year, so it wouldn't surprise me. But I, I'm having some strange feeling that Jamison Williams is going to be the stud over there that a lot of people are talking about. You know, so I there's questions. It could be there, there are questions, but I could. It wouldn't surprise me if St. Brown became that guy. So we'll see how that works out. Um, number four for me, and this one is five or five for me, rather five, because I had to skip ahead a little bit. Number five for me, rather, um, Matt Ryan, he will not have a bounce back year with the Colts and will inevitably be replaced by Nick Foles as the starter. And, uh, because of this situation, Frank Reich will subsequently be fired following the 2022 NFL season. I think Matt Ryan has, you know, we, we talk about Matt Ryan and we, we talked very highly of him. I don't think the Colts have the weaponry there for Matt Ryan to be successful. Um, I like Michael Pittman a lot. I like, obviously, we love Jonathan Taylor on this show. We, I've always been a big practitioner or a big uh, supporter of Jonathan Taylor. But the reality here is, quite simply, that I don't think that Matt Ryan is accustomed to having a uh, Michael Pittman and not having guys like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and such. And we kind of saw that last year where he was throwing to, you know, Zacchaeus and all these other, you know, no name guys. Michael Pittman, let's face the facts. Michael Pittman is not Julio Jones in his prime. Michael Pittman is not Calvin Ridley in his prime. Um, and, and I say Calvin Ridley in his prime, even though Calvin Ridley is actually at a decent age, Calvin Ridley isn't playing for the year. He's been betting on games. He's probably going to be done in the league pretty quickly. Um, I really do believe that, that Matt Ryan is not prepared to not have the weapons at his disposal to be successful with the Colts. I think he has a very similar year to Carson Wentz, if not worse, he's going to throw a lot of interceptions. I think Nick Foles is going to wind up taking over as the starter there even though I hate Nick Foles and I don't think he's going to do any better. And uh, it's going to cause Frank Reich to get fired. 
So that's that's where I'm at on that. So you've caused me to go towards one of my, my other predictions. I wasn't going there yet, but okay. For starters, I'm going to start off with no matter how bad Matt Ryan does, they aren't putting Nick Foles in. Foles is terrible. I, I agree Foles is terrible, but I think that Foles is going to wind up getting stuck in there based on the fans. No, they will they will not bench Matt Ryan. I don't know. I got questions. But on that, the one I actually have on my list, in a crowded AFC, Matt Ryan's top five. Wow. Wow. <laughs> in, the, in the AFC specifically. Wow. That's ballsy. That's he ball. ends up he ends up better than the like, likes of like Mahomes or Lamar. Like in the AFC, that like, he's top five in yards and touchdowns. Well, I don't know about all that. I don't. And, I just don't, and takes him to the playoffs. I just don't think he's prepared with with the weapons and what. I don't know. I got but questions. But but see, I'm big on like Matt Ryan's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's going to figure it out. I mean, one would one would hope. You know, I'm sure the Colts fans are hoping that. But I just see a situation where he is not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready to to deal with with mediocre receivers, and that's what he's got over there. Mediocre. See, to me, he 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 is ready. He's he's he'll figure it out. He's got a team that actually takes care of their defense, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> sort of maybe. Sort I mean, of maybe. Yes, I agree. They they did just lose their defensive coordinator. So I mean, yes. Uh, Matt Eberflus. So we'll see how that works out. Number five, or well, number six for me. Uh, this one you're not going to like, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Lamar Jackson. He's going to have a much more difficult year with the Ravens than he had in 2021, in spite of having a completely healthy 2022. He's going to throw more interceptions. He's going to have more fumbles. And after this season, Lamar Jackson will wind up a free agent when the Ravens fail to meet his contract demands. Lamar Jackson will remain will remain with the Ravens for this year. He's going to have a bad year. Ravens are going to offer him low money, and he's going to walk, and he's going to go to free agency. So I was planning on saving this one for later. Yep. But we're going to do this one now. <laughs> um, so we, we can agree that um, no matter what you say, like, before the injury, Lamar was on MVP caliber conversation. Yes, I agree with that. Um, I in the last couple of weeks since we talked about the, this conversation, the, the contract situation, I, I do believe that we're we're in conversation. We're we're trending towards the positive. Like it at least at, at least like what we hear publicly feels that way. Right. So. I think the Ravens' offense is about to transcend again, and that could but, be a possibility with guys like J.K. Dobbins coming back. And and that's not where I'm going with this. Where are you headed? You're gonna you're gonna love and hate this. So think about wh- how the Ravens drafted. Mm-hmm. They took a couple top prospects that nobody really expected them to take. The Ravens. We'll have three tight ends with 500 or more receiving yards. Wow. That's a ballsy, ballsy move there. So, so hear me out for a minute. Um, now, that means 1,500 yards of, of Lamar's production is going to be in the tight ends. In tight ends alone, yes. Wow. Right. So 
you you know who they drafted. They they took two of the top five tight ends. Yep. Um, I have this weird inkling just with with the way that Ravens' offense have been that they're going the route of fuck your DBs. If you don't have agile linebackers, we're gonna fuck you up. Right. And they have the tight ends to do it on paper. Yeah, they do. They do. Like. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say like oh my god these rookies are gonna be amazing because you don't know until you get there but on paper they have the tight they have the tight ends for the first half of the season basically go middle finger up f you show me that you have agile linebackers because if you don't you can't keep up right and we can agree on that yeah I can agree on that um but then uh, but then on the flip side you you have Rashad Bateman ready to just burn you deep. Yeah, I, well, and I don't know that Bateman's going to burn him deep. Well, I, well not, I, I, yeah, <laughs> let me, let me re- reiterate, not burn deep because he's, he's not brown, but you have a receiver that's going to keep keep the uh, the, the uh, DBs on, on edge. Yeah, he's a poor man's Michael Thomas. I, I think at this point, I, I think that's the best yeah. way to describe him. And but running the, um, the heavy tight end system is ballsy, but um, it could work for this system. It works for the system, I think, because they are such a run-heavy scheme. Mm-hmm. Something like that could work effectively, um, especially to protect a guy like Dobbins, who's coming off fresh off an injury, and same with Gus, fresh off the injury. Um, I, I think that it, it, that would be a good a good call as far as using a, a three tight end scheme. Like I, like I think about a guy like like will, will you you know we'll, we'll, we'll just stay in the team, Marlon Humphrey, one right. of the best one of the best corners in the league. Um, Marlon Humphrey will have a tough ass time with Mark Andrews. Oh yeah, no doubt. And and they're they're going to hope that the linebackers are going to be agile enough, but they're also going to have to hope that their the DBs are going to be physical enough to yeah. handle big body tight ends in traffic. Like if if they like all I'm saying is I'm and I keep my, I'm I'm a nobody in the grand scheme of like what makes NFL systems work. But if if you can make a dangerous tight end system, teams will scramble. Yep, they will. Because the best DBs can't keep up. And we're, I'm not talking speed. I'm talking physicality. Size, tackling, yeah. I agree. Plus, you, you guys have that other cat over there, the fullback, who I like a lot. Yeah, yeah you, st- you still have Patrick Ricard. Yep. Because that, the, um, the, the, the rookie um, tight end, Likely. <laughs> likely is a weird name, but it works out well in this situation. He, he has the skill set to be a dangerous receiving type tight end right and he's built yeah so a three tight end set and lamar is going to hit tight ends for 1500 yards this year yeah wow (laughs) yeah well you and i I know it's crazy but but you can sort of see it you could see it i i think it it becomes it's starting to become a situation where like now that you mention it, the Ravens are looking to punch people in the mouth. They're looking to be a ground and pound slash on like punch you in the mouth receiving football. Right. You don't have Brown anymore. Your 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 biggest receiving threat, and trust me, I love Bateman. I love Bateman. He I think he's Bateman's very good. He has an opportunity to be one of the, to be one of the, the the best receivers in football, but Bateman runs that same style. This could be punch in the mouth, fuck your safety, we don't give a shit because they're small anyway. Yep. 
You gotta have one that like, you hope that, that like, they have one. Yeah, because because I'm sorry, like, and I'll even use who I consider to be the greatest of all time. Let's use Ed Reed as an example. Ed Reed wouldn't be able to tackle those guys. Ed Reed would get his his shit rocked at a, at a full speed. Mark Andrews. Let's be honest. Yep, I agree. And and you know what? The, I think like it's going to require teams to have a Palomalu esque safety at that point. Yes, either Palomalu esque safety or the ability to to completely transition your offense from being a um a safety DB driven to a uh, rush slash linebacker heavy. Yeah, and not a lot of teams can do that. And not a lot of teams have linebackers that can drop into coverage effectively. Yes, I to me, and I and I could be proven completely wrong here, but to me the Ravens are trying to recreate the surprise attack they originally got with Lamar with this. We're just gonna punch you. Exactly. Yep. Now, and 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 that could work, or it could really fuck you up too. It could, it could be good or it could be bad. There, This is a, a – John Harbaugh always has a tendency to pull out some different direction if he sees the the possibility of being able to pull out a different direction. Does that make sense? If, if, For if, sure. If John Harbaugh sees that he can go a certain way and go, oh, hey, look at that. Sometimes it'll just fall into his lap, and and we call it steering into the skid. <laughs> and that's, that's what I think uh, is going to happen. And Harbaugh is one of the best at doing that. Yeah. And that's where I think we're we're headed here, as far as that goes. Um, so you you went Ravens, <clears throat> which is good, um, because you're you're we're right on target for my seventh prediction. Is my boys, Minnesota Vikings, they're going to hit double digit wins in the 2022-23 season. They're going to win the North. They're going to make the playoffs with one of the num with. Uh, the top three defense, or I'm sorry, was one of the top three offenses in the league. Likewise, statistically, Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith will have double-digit sacks, and Justin Jefferson will lead the league in receiving yards this year. Under the uh, Kevin O'Connell, a lot in that one. Yep, I, I, it, it's a lot, like one of my big stupid parlays. Um, I, I really believe that that the Vikings <clears throat> moving into this year. People are discounting the Vikings right now. I think they're sort of sleeping on the Vikings at the moment. Um, you know, and I know that I've said this thing, the same thing for the last two years now. This is the second year in a row I've said this. Uh, I believe Kevin O'Connell is a different type of coach. I think the players respect him more. I think offensively he's got a good mind. I think he'll be good for Kirk Cousins, believe it or not. I think he'll be. Uh, good for Justin Jefferson, especially with Jefferson being used in what what has been described as a Cooper Cup role. I, I, I believe that that's going to be great. I think people are sleeping on Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter based on their injuries from the last several seasons. Uh, Zadarius Smith is a great player, and Daniel Hunter is a great player. And as long as these guys are healthy, you're going to see them hitting quarterbacks. My understanding from uh, in, as it pertains to Ed Donatel, who is our current defensive coordinator, is he's shifting us to a 3-4 scheme, and he likes to have three safeties on the field. Um, he likes to play three deep safeties, um, and, and which really, I mean, fits the 3-4 scheme, and then he likes to drop in a, with the corners in man. That's fine. I'm cool with that. 
but I think that this is going to be nice for guys like Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith, that 3-4 scheme. It's going to be really, really strong. Um, and Hunter is is a disruption, whether he's in a 3-4 or whether he's in a 4-3. He's a disruption. I think this is going to be nice, uh, a really nice fit. And uh, teams are going to have to account for both these fellas. But on top of it, they're going to have to account for Jordan Hicks, who actually had himself a really great year sack-wise and pass rush wise for the Cardinals last season. I, I believe that I believe in this defense suddenly, you know, be with the pass rush. I have questions about, about Lewis Seen. I have questions about Andrew Booth. We're going to find out just how good they are. But at the end of the day, um, I believe that this Vikings team is going to have themselves a damn good year. And I think Justin Jefferson is going to have himself an even better year than he had in year two. I mean, he's been trending up. He's he's focused on being a Hall of Famer. He just said this last week. He, he his goal is to be Hall of Fame. I don't blame him. This this uh, scheme is going to play into Justin Jefferson's strengths. I, I I really believe in what they're doing here, and I'm I'm going to buy into it until it until I see it shit the bed. I'm going to buy into it. I believe that the Vikings are a playoff team this year. I think they take the North. Um, and, and I believe that Zedarius Smith and Hunter have double-digit sacks, and I think Justin Jefferson leads the league in receiving yards. That's a big, stupid parlay um, for one of my bold predictions. So, my I have one that's actually dedicated to the Vikings. Yay! The Vikings will win the division with a three-game buffer. Wow! I think the Vikings win this division with ease. You believe in it too, then? I do. The Vikings' offense has been there. The defense is, is picking up its pieces right now, and I, I think the defense is good enough to figure this division out with the downfall of the Packers not having their number one target. Yeah. And that, that is a key part here, too. Right. Um, I think the Vikings are, go- are going to win this division by three games. And that wouldn't... That wouldn't surprise me. It, honestly, it wouldn't. I, I believe in that. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to have himself a rough year. You may see, for the first time in a while, you're going to see the Packers, in my opinion, if they do make the playoffs, you're going to see them in the wild card. I I, I think that I think the Packers don't make the playoffs because the NFC is a different place than the AFC right now. Right. Right now, the AFC is in the, their little, like, rise of like the AFC is by far the better conference right now. Sure. Um, But given that what we have, I think the Packers are going to get in, but it won't be on a division title. No, absolutely not. I don't, I don't. And frankly, I don't think the Packers, I think they're kind of in the downturn that the saints were in after their super bowl win in 09. I think that's kind of where they're at the 09, 010 season or 2009-2010 season, I think the, the you remember the Saints, they would make the playoffs, but they'd get knocked out divisional yep. round. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I think the Packers are trending right now. Rodgers is probably on his way out the door, you know, in the next couple of years. I think he retires before that contract's even over. Um, he keeps talking about unfinished business, but they just don't have the pieces at this point to to you know put it all together, I don't think. I really believe that that the Packers are going to wind up you know, they'll make the playoffs. They're going to do good enough to make the playoffs. 
they're going to be, be they're going to do good enough to to keep their coaching staff with jobs. But I also do believe that that you know they're they're kind of going to be in that that divisional round purgatory um, where they make the playoffs but they don't go very far. Sure. That's kind of where it's headed, at least in my opinion. Um, number eight, Tyler. I have um, this is a general running back uh, thing. This is running backs from three different teams. At the beginning of the season, you're going to see Rashad Penny, Chase Edmonds, and Devin Singletary start as the lead backs for their respective teams. And Within the first six weeks, you're going to see them lose the roles. Um, first, Rashad Penny will lose the role to Kenneth Walker. You're going to see uh, uh, Devin Singletary lose his starting role to James Cook. And you're going to see Chase Edmonds first lose his starting role to, uh, oh, what's his face? Um, I don't know why his name is escaping me. The cat that just came from uh, uh, San Francisco to Miami. Rita? No. No. Uh, he was a star over there. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Wow. And then so, you're going to. So worse. Okay. Lose that. And you're going to hate this. You're going to see Raheem Mostert lose the role to Sony Michelle. And they will not regain those roles after they lose them. All three, Kenneth Walker, Sonny Michelle, and James Cook, will remain the starting running backs for those respective teams for the rest of the season. I disagree with a lot of that. You don't think Kenneth Walker, Sonny Michelle, or James Cook can retain those roles? Well, I, th- I think you went bold, which mm-hmm. I like. Um, for starters, we'll start in Seattle. I love me some Kenneth Walker, yep. but I, I, I think um, Penny is showcasing that he's going to be the guy. Penny finished strong. My issue with Penny is availability. And sure. that, that has been the issue with Penny for a while. You knew, well, first it was that, that Pete Carroll didn't think much of him. And then it became an injury issue. And then it became, oh, hey, he's here and he's doing really well. I don't know if Pete Carroll still believes in Rashad Penny in spite of the the end of the season antics. I think Penny gets that starting role, but once Kenneth Walker touches that field, I mean, it's going to be very similar to the Marlon Mack situation over in Indianapolis. Once Kenneth Walker sees the field, Seattle's not going to look back. I believe in Kenneth Walker. I believe he's a long-term starter for any team in this league. He's the guy. And if he takes that field, I don't think Rashad Penny gets it back. So, anyone who watches this show regularly knows this battle, and I'm I'm going to double my ass down here. <laughs> but really, it's putting the ball back in your court. Uh huh. Here's the offer. The bet's a hundred bucks, and you get to pick my spot. Versus, slash, I get to pick your spot in next year's fantasy draft. <laughs> I bet that Sony Michelle does not end up the the the, um, the leading back in that team. Well, I'm I'm not going to take any bets. I'm not going to do all that because I'm 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 too broke as a motherfucker. Anyway. You know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. 
if Sony Michelle leads that team in rushing yards, I give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> There's not a chance. I, I you know, and I don't know that he'll lead the team in rushing yards, but I'm looking at that. That here's my thing. I'm looking at those running backs on that team, and here's what I see. And he's a he's a, he's a third best. I see Chase Edmonds better than no, Michelle. I see Chase Edmonds injury prone. I see Raheem Mostert injury prone, and then I see Sony Michelle, who performed so admirably at the end of last year. And I'm going, huh? Wouldn't that be something if Sony Michelle, off of another? See, I I feel like I feel like this bull prediction is is strictly just circled around you just wanting it to happen. <laughs> because 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 I will what I will give you because if it happens, fuck me. Do do you think that? But that's the thing about it. Like Chase Edmonds, let's let's look at Chase Edmonds' history. How injury prone has Chase Edmonds been? He's the had injury. problem is 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 if is if I'm a betting man on my um, uh, on my whole bank account, I take Gaskin over over my, Michelle. I, and I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Miles Gaskin has been lackluster at best. I, I just, I see it, and I see what Sony Michelle did last year. Is he considered the third string there? Yeah, he is. But I just see the guys ahead of him, and I go, huh. There's a You're lot hoping. of injuries going on there. You're hoping. There's a lot of injuries, man. Because the, pro- because the problem is, is, um, is you, you only mentioned Michelle when he was doing well, but, the, but like half the time he's also doing bad, too, like. He's fifty-fifty. Well, he had he had he was good at the end of the season, and and all all throughout those those was it the final seven games. I think he had maybe one bad game. I but mean, you can't. But you, but you also can't pick and choose his good games and ignore the bad ones. Like he had uh, some bad playoff games too. So you mean to tell me that you think that that Chase Edmonds had great games all year round? Not all year round. Well, that's the point. Is that I believe that at the end of the day. But you preach small sample size, and that's exactly what Michelle's been. I, I believe at the end of the day that you're going to see a Chase Edmonds injury, and you're going to see a Raheem Mostert injury. And I think the, the Mostert injury is almost a certainty. I mean, like judging by Mostert's injury history, the man can't stay healthy. He just can't. I mean, can we? Can we uh, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing. Mostert can't stay healthy. He's going to come in. If Edmonds gets hurt and Mostert comes in, it's almost a certainty that Mostert's going to get hurt two, three games into what he's doing. And Edmonds hasn't exactly been a spring chicken either. I mean, that guy comes in the game, gets hurt all the time too. That's why James Conner had such a, a, a beautiful time. That's why all these other running backs had such great times when Chase Edmonds was not there because Chase Edmonds was hurt. I mean, I, I just I see a guy that's yeah. in a system. <laughs> You're hoping, and I and I and I love it, and I appreciate that about you. You're hoping. Watch him tear his ACL. <laughs> watch Monster go out and get a concussion and be out for the year with a concussion, and Sony Michelle comes trotting onto the field once again, and does what he does. Be decent. And, and I'm, I'm not even holding you to the hundred bucks. I'm just saying, you know, like like I believe Sony that, Michelle at his best is just be decent. Hey, you know what? I, I, what he we, does. I believe Sony Michelle has proven that he's better than guys like Devin Singletary. I believe he. Yeah, Devin Singletary, but um, I mean, if we're talking like a Trent Richardson, he's not there yet. 
I, I think Sony Michelle's better than Trevor Richardson. <laughs> I mean, that's that I, Sony Michelle has proven to be better than certain running backs in this league. And and you know, we we always talk about these these other running backs that are are questionable at best, and then we shit on Sony Michelle, and we're like, wait a minute, like Sony Michelle is actually not that bad of a running back. Like, I mean. And, and I'm and I'm not saying he's a bad running back. I just said at this point, the amount of times that you, that you have personally mentioned that full name makes me just want him to just be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be completely honest there. I I just the 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 Sony Michelle thing for you and I is just me giving you a hard time. Uh, the the in reality, I do think that that he can he can be in that starting role. I don't, you know, I could he'd see be better, he'd be a better fullback. And that's possible. That's a possibility. I mean, he, he did well though. That's the thing. He did well in a starting role. He was better than Daryl Henderson last year. He was better. It's, it's Daryl Henderson though, but the moment that cam came back, it was game over. No, no, hang on a minute. You, you sat here and said, Daryl Henderson was the better running back on this show last year. Yeah, you you said that, and and Sonny Michelle proved otherwise. Now Cam Akers, and, and, and but even, even that's still debatable. I mean, Daryl Henderson and Michelle's stats were pretty fucking close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're you're asking for for Michelle to be considered over Daryl Henderson. Like, come on, let's let's be he completely honest be. here. He should be. He should be considered over Daryl Henderson. See, I don't know. <laughs> I mean. I, I, I believe, though, that Penny, Edmonds, and Singletary will lose their starting, jo- starting jobs to Walker, Michelle, and James Cook. I, I believe in that. I think James Cook is the best running back that the Buffalo Bills have. I don't think that's a question. Um, I think Penny, if he, if he can't stay healthy, it's going to be the Walker show, and he's not going to relinquish that role afterward. And Edmonds, if he gets hurt, it's going to go to Mostert and Mostert. All I, all I know is um, Daryl Henderson's yards per attempt was better than Tony Michelle's. You know, and and that might very well be the case. But Michelle played. I'm, I'm actually going to actually going to double down my fact that Henderson's better than Michelle. I don't think Henderson's better than Michelle, but more touchdowns, more yards, more uh, more yards per attempt. I think Michelle is going to wind up getting that starting role. Sure. I do. I do. I know you hate it. <laughs> I know that one always gets your panties in a bunch, but I do believe. And and and, and, and I got I got I got a baby. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna show up turquoise blue tomorrow. <laughs> you can hold on to that. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> oh god. So so that was your eight. So I, you need my eight, right? Yep. We're gonna go. Ooh, we got some nice ones coming up. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go the least dramatic one, I think. Derrick Henry will not be a top five running back. Now, do you base that on an injury idea, or do you think that that that's, that's him playing the full year total yards slash yards per attempt? I think that that I'm I I don't think this is very far fetched, and the reason I don't think this is very far fetched is because JT was better has been better than Henry in yards per attempt. Yeah, the only I, reason Henry's been number one is, is because they were just like, just cramming the ball down his throat. Yep. Well, the other problem I have now is that they don't have the weapons. I, I think a lot of people, the, the, in my opinion, and just outside looking in and 
we'll see how it turns out. I think the Titans made a huge mistake with Traylon Burks. They 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 really did. They they gave away AJ Brown and and went and got Traylon Burks. And Traylon Burks hasn't been able to even stay on the field. He's not conditioned enough for even a practice. I think they took away some some serious weaponry here from their offense and they screwed themselves. I think they're realizing they screwed themselves. I don't think the Titans, I don't think their offense is going to be that good this year. And it's but been all- he, here, here's, here's my issue is it has nothing to do with what you're talking about is the fact that on a pure carry perspective, Jonathan Taylor is much better than Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yep. And I, I like, told you, and, and that doesn't surprise me. Jonathan- because, like people are such on Derrick Henry's ass. Like, don't get me wrong. Derrick Henry, like, where he was when he first got hurt in 2021, oh my God, was stud level. Right. But half of that is because like he was getting the ball in his hands 25, 30 times a game. Right. Like durability, sure. Like, but he was destined to get hurt. Mm-hmm. His average, his average yards per carry, his best season. So we'll use last season. Like he played all season was a fucking boss, right? Right. And, and the season prior. Um, 2019, 5.1, 2020, 5.4. Okay. Great. Fucking great. Yep. With 16 and 17 touchdowns. Yep. JT last season, his rookie season was 5.0 with 11 touchdowns. And and, and last year was 5.5 with 18. Yep. So he's putting up higher numbers than, than Henry. Like, I don't give a fuck what the total numbers say. Jonathan Taylor is doing more with less carries. Yep, I agree. I think Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the league at this point, to be perfectly honest. I I, I really do. Um, And he shut down both of our fumble concerns. And Yes, yep, because we both, we both mentioned that, that that was the one problem that we had with that guy. But I did say that when he got drafted, that he was going to be the best running back in this league. He was going to be one of the stud rushers, and he was going to be the best running back out of that draft. And he's proven that assertion to be 100% correct. Well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna add to that though, which, which supports my he doesn't make top five. Nick Chubb. Nick fucking Chubb. Did you know that he's never had a season which he's been under 5.0 um, yards per carry? I had no idea. He's never been under five yards per carry. Wow. Five yards per carriage considered God. Yeah, that's elite. His average yards per carry or, or his four seasons in is 5.3. Wow. Wow. That's elite. People discount him because Hunt's there. Yeah. But that's, that's, the, dude, the, the dude, his rookie season, he had 996. I, I think people discount him for two reasons. One, because Hunt's there and then the injury last year. Injury last year, yes. Yeah. But his rookie year, he had 996, and he's never had less touchdowns since. Right. Or less yards since. Right. Chubb yeah. is a top five running back. I agree with that. I think I think Derrick Henry, <clears throat> if he stays in the top ten discussion, that's good. He, I just believe, and, and I know that, that you're just looking at the averages and looking at the numbers, and I agree with you there. I just believe it takes away a large dynamic from that Titans offense. You removed A.J. Brown. Things are not going to be a spread out. 
So people are watching Henry. Yeah, that's all they're going to do. They're just going to in on that guy. Every point. Not being top five feels radical, but Taylor, Chubb, uh, fucking uh, – Cook. Fucking, uh, yeah, Cook. Uh, that's what I was trying to think of. Cook, Mixon. Honestly, we shat him all year, but he broke a 1,000 and looked decent. Najee Harris. Yeah. I get a list of our five running backs. Like, Henry could be great this year and still miss top five. It it feels radical, but it ain't. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, I, I really think that, that guys like James Cook, Kenneth Walker, those two guys could wind up blowing up every year. Somebody comes out of that draft that nobody sees coming that blows up. Like, you know, I could I could list you ten guys that all all it would take is just a um a, a slight couple game off and like and you're out of the top five. Right. Because like don't also don't don't discount the the Ravens are becoming hot with two running backs that didn't play last year. Yep. J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins or I mean it, it'll likely be Dobbins over Gus. But that, that's besides the point here. Like, like all I need is for for this to hit is 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 just a couple bad games. Yeah, and and it, those could be very well likely. I just think that because of the 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 focus, Elliot, Elliot could could come off great. Um, Gibson's honestly been quietly good. Yeah, it's just a matter. Of, um, I don't know if he's broken a thousand yet. No, he did. Gibson broke a thousand. No, did he? I I was I wasn't. And, sure. And my big one, right? I got two big ones. Josh Jacobs, always there as, as a threat. Yep. Javante Williams. Javante Williams, yep. And and Watch I would even go as far even out. on the downtrend. I would even go as far as saying Ezekiel Elliott if he's as long as he's healthy. Elliott, yeah. I I, I thought I mentioned him, but maybe I didn't. Elliott, I, El- I, Elliott. Um, um, you have the potential of Montgomery. Yep. And how about the kid from the 49ers? Yeah, and if and if if Aaron Jones is healthy all year, Aaron Jones is gonna do it. Yep. I mean, there's he's it's it, there is a possibility there, and it, does that mean I think that that Derrick Henry is just gonna become stagnant? No, I no. think this is- does Derrick Henry finish top five? If I'm betting money, yeah, he probably does. Yep. But Derrick I, Henry's a fucking stud. I think you're gonna see a one-dimensional Titans offense that mm-hmm. he gets. That, that's plugged. my point. Yep. That he gets plugged. And and that's what you're going to see. Now, we're at number nine here. I've got number nine as Russell Wilson will have a bounce back year in Denver, and he will be in the discussion for the league MVP. Uh, I believe wow. Russell Wilson, with all the weapons, I understand he's coming off the hand injury. When Russ Wilson came back from that hand injury, he did not look bad. Did he look like the same Russ? No. But. I do believe now that he's got a year of rest and Denver has a lot of weapons over there that I think people are discounting a lot. Um, the Jerry Judy's and the, you know, you're going to see some, some success out of Jerry Judy here. I think you're going to see some set, success out of Cortland, Cortland Sutton that we haven't seen in previous years. I, I really do believe Denver is on the way um, there. You're going to get that Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams help. They're going to be doing some special stuff in Denver, and I do believe that Russ Wilson has has bought into what they're doing in Denver. I think he's headed toward a potential, and, and I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but he will be in the discussion. Um, this is going to be a bounce back year for Russ, and and I think Denver is the place that knows 
how to properly use him, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he's going to wind up being rock solid this year. I like it. Is your last one pretty uh, dramatic? Uh, it's not horribly dramatic, um, but uh, my last one uh, is is around that same realm, sort of. But, uh, yeah. Okay. I got two that are pretty wild. All right. Uh, well, I'll show off my, my shitty one compared to your wild one, and we'll go from there. Uh, oh, this is this is so this is number ten. This is number ten for me. Matt Stafford will not have the same success that he had in 2021. He'll throw just as many interceptions, and the Rams will not win the NFC West. Wow. Oh. So, with based on what I've heard, you're you're talking the Kyler Murray show. I quite possibly yes. Mm. Could be the Niners. Could it, be. Yeah, Niners and Trey Lance. I'm on the Trey Lance show. I'm not on the Trey Lance. Show. <laughs> I could see, you know, the Niners coming out with, with when Jimmy G comes trotting back onto the field. So I got two left. I'm trying to figure out which one to give you first. <laughs> okay, we'll start here. The Eagles will get number two seed. Okay. That's. That's that's ballsy as all hell. Like, really- like, like I, I'm going to assume the Rams at one, but the Eagles will finish above everybody else. The Rams at one. Okay. And they it's eat- hard to question it, but um, what well, could be Rams could be Bucks, but the but the Eagles will 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 finish above one of them. I I, I mean I could see it. The, the hard thing- two seed. Like I'm going like two seed or bust here. Yeah, the 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 Eagles are one of those teams where. They have so many weapons for Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts in himself is a weapon. And then Miles Sanders looked strangely good at the end of the year um, after he came back from his injuries. I, I don't, I could see it. I, it's a possibility. Um, the, the The Eagles are are in a way all in because they have some really high end veteran guys that are like at the ass end of their careers that are getting ready to see their way out. Um, Jason Kelsey getting ready to see his way out. Uh, he's got one more year, and, and then he'll be done. So I, we we could see it. We could see the, the Eagles making making uh, some noise here, especially with the the Smith and Brown show. So we're gonna we're gonna find out. I could see him being number two seed. I'm trending more toward three or four seed. I do think that they're gonna have their work cut out with them, even with Dallas getting rid of Amari Cooper. I do think Dallas is going to give them a run for their money. So we're going to see. I mean, that's going to be a nice head-to-head matchup. I'm wondering. I, I don't know. Do we get that game in primetime this year, that Dallas Eagles game? Because I, I feel think we like do it at some point. I, I feel should. Like, yeah, it should be a primetime game. <laughs> I mean, but that, that'll that be a good one. I really do think that the, the Cowboys will give the Eagles a run for their money, though. You could see both those teams in the playoffs. Because. Um, because right now, on paper, I think we ever, everybody can agree everyone expects Dallas to win. But on paper, yeah, Eagles I, are gonna be a threat because, because like, I don't know. So it you is a prime time game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say it. If you're still calling Dak Prescott a shitty quarterback, you're misinformed. I don't think he's shitty, but I don't think he's worth forty five. No, and no, and I know you're not. You're not calling him shitty, but like, let's keep in mind, like that was a number one offense last year. Like, Dak Prescott's on his way to being the best quarterback that team's ever had. Yeah, 
So and, and that, it's also saying that like guys like Romo and Aikman were also just like above average slash middle of the pack kind of guys. Sunday Sunday night football in October. Uh, it's October sixteenth. It's Cowboys Eagles um, in Philly. So so that game will be will be a thing. And then it doesn't happen again until wow Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve will be Eagles and Cowboys again. That'll be the four thirty game. And realistically, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they kicked that out to the Sunday night game, but they're set to play at 4.30 on Christmas Eve. So that'll that'll be fun. And actually looking at, uh, just by the way, looking at the Cowboys schedule, wow, that's that's a fucking gauntlet. <laughs> I, think, I think that whole division has a bit of a gauntlet. Yeah, wow. That's that's going to be exciting. So, but yeah, the, the Cowboys and the, the Eagles, I mean, they, they got a pair of, of fun games. They got a... a primetime game and and whatnot so i mean it'll be uh it'll be a wonderful time for sure but yeah that's i could see the eagles being the two seed but i i honestly i'm treading toward the three four seed because i do believe that you're gonna have some fight no, it, it's gonna be hard press for them to beat the, all, on its own beating the bucks and the rams that's gonna be hard in yep. itself. Be- beating out the bucks I-, I think beating out the rams or if the cardinals wind up winning their division sure. beating the cardinals that's a tough team and then you know the north it's i i think right now and and you can't i think the vikings are going to take the north but yeah and, and i picked them too and yeah. But it wouldn't be completely unrealistic for them to um beat out the vikings for the three seed Right, it, it could it wouldn't be unrealistic. It also wouldn't. The be issue a- is your is is to call the two seed. You're you're calling for them to be better than than the Bucks and whoever comes out of the West. Yeah. Yep. And I'm gonna double. I'm I'm gonna take that. Hey, hey, that's ballsy. That's a that's a good bold prediction. I I think that's good. I think you're expecting a lo- a, a very large improvement out of Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. Yep. So you're three or ten. I got my last one here, right? And we're going to end it where uh, most of our fan base is. And most of our fan base is a fan of what team? Detroit Football Lions. It's Detroit Football Lions. Yep. <sighs> the Lions will finish with a top three total yards offense in the NFC. That wouldn't surprise me. I, I think the Lions offense is going to wind up being very explosive. But their defense will doom them. Yeah, I, I agree. I think. Do you, do you remember the um, Bucks from two seasons ago with Winston? Where they were putting like like thirty points a game, but 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 the defense was allowing like thirty five points a game. Right. That's going to be this season's Lions. Yeah, I agree. I think they have a great tight end in Hawkinson. They have a great receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown. They've got another good Well, they, they have a great core. Like, like St. Brown, you have um, Chark. Whether you like him or not, he's a he's a good two. And then you got Jameson Williams. Yeah, and I think Jameson Williams is is on his way to to just, you know, take over games. I think that's and, the— and, and if he takes over games, um, we can all agree that Chark is the best three in football. Yeah, he's one of— Or it, one of— yeah, because Bucks have a good because have a good run too, and so do yeah, Rams. I, I think that that if you're looking at the Lions and you're looking at what Jared Goff does, Jared Goff was incredibly accurate at the end of last year. Um, one thing that Jared, most accurate season in Lions football. Yep, and I think what what you see when it when it comes to Jared Goff, and, and it's what we saw when he was with the Rams, he was very effective at throwing to the running backs, 
And and I think that's kind of what Dan Campbell is looking toward. He's he's looking and, and you got one of the best running backs in football. Yeah, and, and Love of, or hate the Lions, Swift is is a great player. Swift is a great player as long as he's healthy. I think that that as far as being a pass catcher, he Swift has been a, a very good change of pace back. And I think that's kind of what Dan Campbell is kind of leaning towards, is trying to throw the football to DeAndre Swift a little bit. Um and and really you got Jamal Williams over there too, who I think is a very good running back. He's a good power back. So, you know, they they do have a really good core over there with with Detroit. I think their offensive line is good. I do think I, I'm kind of on board with you here where their offense is something to write home about right now. That And, and it's something that we weren't talking about a, a year or two ago. Or even last year, we weren't talking about it. But their defense is rough. And and they, they did a good thing by adding Aiden Hutchinson, but they didn't do a whole lot after that. <laughs> you know, they, they, sure. did, they, they did some really great stuff. In there is, there's a trade to be made, and they should make it. What's that? And I know it's a former Raven, but I think you'll agree on the missing piece here. Like, if they made a cheap trade for like a Hayden Hurst, yeah, yeah, that um that could be the last piece that like that offense slash Hawkinson needs to just kind of like have a full realm in what they want to do. Yeah, the the problem for them right now will I agree be their defense. There's an expectation that that. You know, the, they're, the guys they have, those young guys, they, they didn't really put a whole lot in their defense. They didn't make a lot of moves on that defense. Uh, they, you know, they, they went out and picked up, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, and that was about it. And uh, they're expecting him to be a, a game-changing type of, of defensive end and a game-changing type of player. Because a lot of people are trusting Hawk to go to the next level, and Hawk's great enough to do that. He is. I just but think, there is a missing piece, and it's something that teams like the Ravens have done properly. Yep, and there is a durability issue with Hawkinson. Well, and not even counting that, like there is the idea like no team has ever had a like juggernaut tight end without having a Pro Bowl worthy blocking tight end. Right. And Lions still need that. They do. They do. Um, Ravens have had a great blocking tenant for a long time, which has allowed Andrews to realistically be like a, like a full fledged full time. Like I'm bigger than you heavy target. Right. Like very much Kelsey or Gronk. Yeah. Like Andrews has been more, Andrews is more Kelsey or Gronk where, uh, whereas, um, trying to rely on a, a Graham who's had to do both has not been ideal. No. Not at all. Not by any stretch of the imagination. I, I love missing Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Graham is so built to where he was relied for blocking where he just isn't that guy. Yep. Yeah. Nick, uh, Nick, Nick Boyle. That's what I started trying to think of. Nick the Lions Boyle. need Nick Boyle. Yeah, that's, that's the type of player they would need for sure. You need a guy who can bail you out on, on a third and two but can block the fuck out of defensive end. Yep. And, and teams are going to, are, they're going to be sending blitzes hard. That's, that's going to be the way you combat the lions is sending blitzes hard, especially, especially those teams that are in the, in the North right now. And with the way they're loading up their lines. um, Yeah. That's where I think they're headed. I mean, like look at Minnesota. I mean, that's, that's what they're going to. And and you look and you try to compare that horror deal. Like, 
you can throw blitzes at golf, you'll get him. Um, right. you can throw blitzes at Salomar, he's gonna just burn the fuck out of you on tight ends. Yeah, he's elusive. Or, or at least they should. Yep. So I mean, I, I, I you got a couple, you got a couple of rooks that have the like the capability of like being as good as as Andrews and the Ravens squad. I agree with you on the the Lions offense being as good as we're hoping or well as good as you're hoping i'm hoping they suck but yeah <laughs> but at the end of the day um i do think they have the core i do think they have the players i do think that that jared goff is going to be a you know people shit on goff all last year and then they realized oh shit look how accurate he was and i think a lot of people failed to realize just how good goff was for the lions last year he was and and the I think, differences and I, and I trust me, I love I love Stafford more than most. Goff is gonna he did he didn't force throws he he prevented mistakes. Goff is going to show a lot of people up this year, and he's gonna he's gonna shut a lot of his critics up um, if he continues on the way he was continuing on at the end of last year. Agreed. Yep. So I think that's where they're headed. And he's, and, and, and he's got the receiving quarter prove like at the end of the season. It would be considered not bold to consider the th- the three receivers re- the Lions have to be the best in football, or yeah. one of. Well, yeah, one of the best groups. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, it, it's hard to trump like teams like the Bucks and the Rams. I, I get that, but you you got St. Brown, who's proven that he can be a juggernaut already. You got rookie Williams, who's just now starting, and like there's a lot of high hopes. And you got Shark, who got it done with shit quarterbacks. Yep. He did. Blake Bortles. And then, and then we Blake Bortles, you then you had um fucking Minchu. Yep. Like and then we haven't even talked about Swift and Hawk. Yeah. The Lions yeah. offense has the capability of being I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. It has the capability of being great. And and if it if it doesn't turn out that way, then Dan Campbell should should be having his head on a pike. Yep, agreed. Yep. They can go into every week saying, "Hey, you must respond with 30, 30 points, or you won't win." Yep, that should be the Lions' mantra. Yep, they're going to try and outscore folks. That's their plan. And I, and while their defense is probably going to allow twenty points, I mean, if their offense was at thirty points a week. The offense is safe as far as like the blame game, right? But they're also in rebuild, so you you can accept like they got the offense now they can get the defense. Yeah, I agree with you. So with that, Tyler, those are our bold predictions for the upcoming season. Um, we're, I'm going to leave these all kind of written down and and whatnot. And uh, at the end of this year, we're going to go through, we're going to check them, we're going to make sure that, that uh, we're going to see what we got wrong, see what we got right, we're going to call ourselves out, hold ourselves accountable. And that's our show for today. Um, folks, thank you so much for, for listening. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we'll join you next time. We'll have you guys join us next time in a couple weeks. Tyler, you have fun. I know you got your, your baby on the way. And uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.